Hey, Baston. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Blowhard brings you podcasting from the gay perspective. One of my big dreams has always been to have a disco in my basement. Join indie filmmaker Malcolm Ingram as he chronicles life out of the closet. Oh yeah, it went real good. Don't miss Blowhard. Tuesdays following S'mornings on Sir. We also got to do some fucking pie action. Smodcast Internet Radio. The Smonsters of Talk are coming to motherfucking Vegas. Jay and Silent Bob get old and Hollywood Babylon. Whether you want to snooch your nooch or give that penis a sandwich, the shenanigans happen August 12th and 13th at the Hard Rock Cafe, located right on the famous Las Vegas Strip. Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and Ralph Garman are guaranteed to make you forget you just gambled away all your money. Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon, August 12th and 13th at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. Go to csmod.com for tickets. You've heard interviews before, but you've never heard them like this. Plus One Per Diem gives you Q&A the Kevin and Jen way. So let's start, stop talking to ourselves and start talking to talented people. The Wires, Michael K. Williams. You say something about my mama, I'm going to fuck you up. Pro wrestler, Mick Foley. Jumping on a bear's back is not a good idea. Sons of Anarchies, Kurt Sutter and Katie Seagal. There's never any time to fuck on production, is there? Never. I know, we find time. Do you really? <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I want that table at the end. Get to know the coolest peeps on the planet with the Monsters of Talk on Sir Smodcast Internet Radio. When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sugar way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. Hey, hey, everybody. Good hey, hey, did I blow out the mic there? Did I just punch it in the mic? Did I just like go, bah? <laughs> you know what I've been noticing because I've been listening to the show is I feel like I, I think that maybe I am stand, sitting too close to the mic. Yeah, well, you have been clear. popping. That's why we got the pop screen there. Is it, what is, uh, that's your I have personal, the pop screen up by my ear. Yeah, that's, 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 that would be, screen. I would actually have to go around the front so of this. There you so go. So this, ladies and gentlemen, today is the first 
nooner where I'm using a pop screen. And for those of hundreds and hundreds of dedicated listeners, uh, I'm sure you're going to be delighted to hear that. Of course, now there's a dump truck outside. <laughs> so I wouldn't it be? If you were thinking that the pop screen was merely a dump truck that I placed between <laughs> me and the microphone, you'd be wrong. It's um. So hopefully that sounds better because I actually listened to myself last night. I don't like to listen to myself, so I'm I'm absolutely delighted that anybody out there likes to listen to me. And uh, I realized that I do get a little too close to the mic and pop it. So it, and James was all over it. I was going to mention it today, but I, and then I come and here is this beautiful pop screen, which if you if you've never seen one, looks kind of like an uh, like a, a, a Darth Vader's diaphragm. If you were to use one, <laughs> not the vocal one, of course, but it's a, it's a stretch metaphor. If Darth Vader were a woman and he yes. needed a diaphragm, this is what he would use, and this is what I'm having to Absolutely. put my face right up yet. And that would sound like. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have, as usual, started off Nooner with class. With class. Hey, yes. everybody. Welcome to Nooner, the two-hour titillating radio embrace that we do Fridays <laughs> noon to two. Marty hates that. Every time I say two-hour titillating radio embrace, Marty's face just dies. No, it just sort of fades out. I, uh, you know, I you just like out for yeah. a moment. I'm your host, Dan Etheridge, and I've got my co-host, the delightful and whimsical Marty Hughes. Hello, Dan. Hello, James. And of course, Hello, James sir. Manning the board. Yes. Yeah, so we have we have whole run of the house today. Yeah, literally, it's the that, entire that, gang is down at Comic Con, which is fantastic. Long live Smodcast! Uh, they're having a great time down there. We're holding down the fort here. It's yeah. just the three of us. So if if anybody wants to send us on a scavenger hunt, right in the house, right. <laughs> a request it. B I, I'm not going to do it. Ken I was jumping me. on the bed all morning long. <laughs> I've already, as you've heard accidentally made love in this house and been caught. I'm not going to be caught doing a scavenger hunt here. James is not wearing pants. <laughs> well, none of us are. Well, that's normal. Today's treat. James, should I, is, when I say manning the board, I just kind of like stumbled on that phrase. Is that a good way to put it? What would, is, what's the phrase you would like? Uh, fucking yeah, off. I, I mean, <laughs> no, manning the board is good. Manning that's the board? Actually, that's, that's a, okay. I, I, mean, I didn't want to make it sound like less artistic than it was. It is a, oh. it is an artistic slash technical thing that you do, a, uh, a deft blend of things that doth, I can't do. You doth give me much too much credit. And you doth protest too much. Was <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, that Yoda doing Shakespeare? Protest <laughs> 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 too much, doth you. <laughs> I'm so pleased I actually remembered how to do that, as I am not a Yoda uh, speak, you know, fan. It's not something I go into mm. all the time. Well, I haven't it's not one of your go-tos, huh? No, I haven't done it since the early 80s when, when a young Joe Piscopo taught us all how to laugh. <laughs> Um, this so, is before he got into the steroids. And, that's right. Yes. Before something would. There's so many people like that who you forget about. I mean, Joe Pisco was one of. He's would be as big as who's on Saturday? Jason Sudeikis right now on Saturday Live. Or I mean, one, he was, well, he was as big bigger. as they come. He was yeah, like it was. Right. He was number two after Eddie Murphy on that. That's right. Uh, and and that he cast. was the guy. He was like incredibly popular on the show, and everybody thought, well, at least we'll get. A couple good movies and probably a string of crappy movies. And said so there was like one horrible movie, and then he disappeared. Well, the, there was the there was Johnny Dangerously, where he oh that's he played right. the bad guy. But that when that yeah. movie didn't go over so well. No, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah. Michael Keaton's a genius. And then was he in Dead Heat? Is no, that I was one? Wise Guys. I think is one of oh, them. And Danny guys, DeVito okay. as Wise Guys is my <laughs> guessing. I didn't see it, but I'm gonna guess that they went there on the accent. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks again for joining us Fridays. We do love hearing you here uh, at noon. I'm hoping that one or two of you, and I, you know, I'm looking at maybe Sven in Germany, 
uh, or actually somebody else, are actually deciding at some point they're going to have a nooner during nooner. That, of course, would delight us very but much. If you're in a different time zone, is it still a nooner? I mean, it, it, I think that I think it, uh, not that's just to be, sex not at to, night no, in no, Germany. You're totally right. I just think in terms of a center of gravity thing, I think when we proclaim it nooner time, then that is <laughs> it's that's the universal nooner, nooner that's time. Universal yeah. nooner. <laughs> All right. Basically, Dan <laughs> wants right. everyone to have sex and to tell him about it. You know what? When you boil it down, I guess I <laughs> spade a spade. You're right, Marty. And that's why I'm going to say our Twitter is at Nooner Dan Marty. You can or just send it directly to Dan at Dan. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, tweet us at, uh, at Nooner Dan Marty or, uh, you know, you can always email us at NoonerPodcast.com. And we have a new Sir call-in number, which you've probably been hearing about. 323 8100, a little twist on today, because maybe you'll feel it because it'll go more smoothly, is that my screen isn't up, so Marty's in full control. Oh, yes. Well, I, I forgot the netbook, and I just felt, like, so naked, <laughs> and so I just needed some you piece of technology. forgot the netbook? That is, no. like, I mean, other than your wit and charm, the, no, the netbook is the sole <laughs> reason that you were here, Marty. Right. <laughs> I was lucky to get a mic. There was number one, netbook. Number two, wit and charm. Mm. And you forgot the netbook. Yeah. But did you bring the wit and charm? Nope. Nope. <laughs> we went over three. Yeah. Over yeah. three. Okay, let's tell a little story about James. Because uh. yeah, because here's here's what happened is I because I want to pimp. We have such a we have an old pal. I'm gonna I say this about most guests and and fine humanitarian. Ron Livingston's coming in to join us today. Ron and uh Marty and I went to college together. We've had a long history out here, so we're absolutely delighted he's coming in. And Ron I didn't really imagine, know him in college. He might have came Yeah, I was saying of, that to be nice. But oh. Marty doesn't really have a history with him. I do. <laughs> um no, Marty and I did we'll talk all about it with Ron. We all have a, a shared history that's kind of fun. Um and uh so Ron, Ron's schedule, as you can imagine, is is pretty uh uh ornate these days. And he kind of he graciously sort of agreed to, to to book today, and then we we found out, and you know I should have been on this as well. Hey, wait a second, everyone's going to Comic Con, so James, who mans the board, <laughs> <laughs> now it's sounding a little, a little <laughs> that's just dirty. Yeah, yeah, that sounds dirty. I need a shower. Board. He yeah. mans the board. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, yeah. um, wise guy. Wise guy. <laughs> um, he uh, he. I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna call it, James, but you can correct me. I'm gonna call it graciously agreed to stay. <laughs> My guess is was asked to stay, yeah, but well. he gracious, but he's so gracious about everything. He said yes. Immediately after this, he has to get into the car and go down the five four or five to San For Diego the House of Blues show. Yeah, and 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 my God, traffic's gonna blow. Yeah, yeah, that's it, the worst thing about Comic Con is driving down through yeah, that traffic. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, if 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 misery loves company, just by sheer coincidence for personal reasons. I have to hop in the car and literally hit the highway at the same time. Oh. So you and me are going to be fighting it out together, brother. You're <laughs> just going to pull up yeah. next to each other. and sit on the bus. <laughs> it's my hope that if we split from here at 2 o'clock, we're going to slide right under some of that traffic and yeah. pop in it. I'm sorry, slide hope. how? Slide. We're going to man the board of that traffic. <laughs> we'll do some board manning. Now, um, yes, sir, Marty. Have you seen uh, the the – Return to the Planet of the Apes. Is that, is that what it's called? Rise. That would be Rise. Rise. Now, was there originally in the f original set, was there a Rise of Planet well, of the Apes? It's funny you said because I actually, I, I did see all those movies and I love them, but they'd been, a, it was a little fuzzy in my head. And then I was listening and Kevin and Jen did a whole yes. bit on the Planet of the Apes and went through all the movies exhaustively. Uh, yes. Um, and I don't think there was a Rise. No, no, no. This, this is so actually this is not considered a a, like a prequel. Gotcha. To the, uh, it gives the backstory of, of, 
So here's my thing. Here's like, and I, I, I made a little tweet about this, but in the oh, trailer, and you made a little tweet, a little tweet, barely <laughs> 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 fleshable. Um, <laughs> uh, in the thing, it takes place in San Francisco. Uh, James Franco plays a scientist, and there's, there's no spoiler alert. No, no, no. I mean, this is all in the trailer. Okay. Um, okay. There's you can't have a movie about science and labs in San Francisco and not have Asian people in it. Yeah, there are no Asian people in absolutely. that trailer. I looked in the cast list. It's ridiculous. You know, Marty, I share your outrage. No, Next you. topic. Um, <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> you are so dismissive. <laughs> this I is the white man. Wait, Marty, on. Have, have, you been, have you been in everything that I've ever produced? No. I wasn't in The Good Doctor. That's right, you weren't. Because there, were there, <laughs> Wait, there was an Asian man. Well, why didn't I get that? Because it was a difficult, it was a difficult casting process. <laughs> no, look, I, you, know what, you, know the the answer, you know what the honest answer? You know what the honest answer is? The director, who was from Ireland, was very wary of anybody who said, hey, this is a friend who can really Well, act. you didn't have to tell him that. You could have just brought me in the audition. Oh, my bad. Um, point <laughs> is, <laughs> is that yeah, I, What was your point again I when you said, I have I cast you in everything? Wait, I, I share your... <laughs> you're right. I, okay, all right. I, I, the but, good doctor I could not make happen for anybody. The Although the cast turned out great. Um, <laughs> the, so. Okay, sorry. The but yeah, you're right. I would share. I share your gay. Not your gay. Your Asian outrage. I, <laughs> I get them so mixed up. <laughs> I get them so mixed up. I share your Asian outrage. If if it holds true, and the trailer does betrays the fact that the whole movie is Asianless, Marty, you and I are going to spend an entire. Two minutes of our show protesting that next time round. <laughs> I'm still. I mean, let's protest House. Let's protest um, Scrubs. Uh, I did. Um, you've you've picked up this banner and picked it up well. I. You know what? I I couldn't agree more. The, being in on casting, a lot of times what happens at at look, there's it's a two, it's a double edged sword. There is legitimate desire for diversity at the networks and studio, and they take it really seriously. However. You do get this, like, it's not a wink, wink, nod, nod, because I don't want to say that, but it's like, yeah, yeah, but not that role. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they want diversity, but oftentimes they'll either pick a major role where they go, yes, that can be diverse, or it'll be the judge or the doctor or whatever. It, so there is, there is a desire for diversity, but it hasn't broken through to like genuine, like anything goes diversity, I, like, and I, like spiritually. But of course, so, if a network or studio person came on here right now, they would rightfully so wave the pamphlets and talk about the speeches. And yes, they do, they do talk the talk and they do half walk the walk. No, when you guys uh, did your pilot, uh, yeah. did you intend to have three separate races? Well, th this, so, this was a, that was a very different case because we wrote it specifically so, for a white family, a black like family. three and families. Yes. Right, right. And, and in particular because it was set in Austin. Why not because, an Asian family? Well, the, no, uh, you know what? I, no, the funny thing was I was actually going to talk to you about that. It's like we, we, we knew we were, wanted a white and an African-American family and because it was set in Austin and there was only one more family, just Latino felt a little more right. Oh, absolutely. The circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we were in Seattle, Asian. <laughs> I guess I didn't mean for there to be that long a pause, but the moment that I did that, both James and Marty were looking away. I was away. like, thinking, I was I was like, like I, that, that can't be that hard. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I was thinking, what, Canadian? <laughs> Seattle alien. Yeah. Um, did you say somebody tweeted or called or something? You were... Nope. Oh, well, we I heard. Pull, well, yeah, we need to unplug that. Oh, is that the house phone? Yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. Nice. Oh, hey, everybody, that's the house phone. They're not calling in. But you could call in if you wanted, 323 
8100. Um, oh, wait, that would, that wouldn't be the downstairs though, but. Well, we can. Um, I believe, uh, Raina, the lovely Raina. This is what happens when it's just the three oh of us and God. nobody else is here. We are sitting here like, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> see no evil. And we have no pants on. Yeah, and we have no pants so on. So it's, it's a pretty good day. If you want to come down and visit us, I'm not going to give you the home address, but if you do know it, we're down here. You can come down and take off your pants. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's up for the weekend, Marnie? Uh, my friends have are having a coverage party tomorrow. Where you wait a goddamn second? Every goddamn year, I say I want to be invited I to the coverage party, I didn't. and then you I find out me. about it either when it's over or the moment before. So, so basically, they set up a whole little band setup, and people come in and play a couple songs. They you know rehearse a band for two songs, and then right. they just play throughout the night. It sounds like I mean, it sounds it's, like a great night. John Enbaum always is involved with the band with like Phil Clymer, yeah, well, and yeah, yeah, and then John's in my band, so. So you're playing tomorrow night? Yeah. So you did know about it? Yeah. Wait, but you, did you just no, say you didn't know no, about it? No, I didn't it, know that you had an interest in it. Every year I say to you, not to me. John, please tell me, invite me to the cover. I know everybody there. Why do I fail to get this invitation? Let's explore I think, this. I think Diane's Why coming. do I, yeah. Why do I fail to get this invitation? Do people not, I get invitations to other things, so I don't feel it's an exclusion of me generally. The hosts don't like you. <sighs> Who's the host? I'm on a corner. Who's the host? This depresses me. <laughs> no, it's awesome. The host. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome, except I'm not going, so I don't know how awesome that is. And I'm even free, technically, tomorrow night, unless something better comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's why I'm, I'm technical availability. I have technical availability. That's what you do when they when you are when you're casting a, a movie or a show, and you you call up the. Uh, the agents to see if an actor is available for hire and if they are available but they really don't want you to bother them they go oh well, they're technically available yeah but <laughs> and they kind of say it like that so yeah i mean technically they don't have a job but don't i'm not we're not encouraging this so i'm saying to you marty i'm upgrading from i'm technically available tomorrow night i'm just flat out available and you still <laughs> haven't said please come to the party it's not my party. No, Dan, uh, you can come. Please come to the party. It'll be great. They, they have a taco truck there. I hope there's there. not even half an Asian in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, well uh, Fitzman73 said they would have, uh, they would have cast uh, an Asian in the lead, except for John Cho and Cal Penn were tied up on Harold and Kumar 3. Oh, interesting tidbit that I don't think is true. <laughs> I thought interesting Cal, factoid. I thought not Cal Penn was wor- working for the White House. No, that was that ended. That ended. Uh, for, he 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 uh, he. I don't want to say resigned. That sounds like resigned. He resigned in disgrace. He after, quit like Sarah Palin. Yes, he was. There was a slush fund. No, he. I think he uh, ended his tenure there. How about um, that? I don't know. If somebody knows, they can tell me. Link six six nine wants to know uh, if you like comics. If we like comics, and which ones do you like? Here's the thing: is like I'm going to give the honest answer about this, but I don't want to turn off ninety seven percent of my readership. Uh, I yeah. I never became part of that world. Yeah. I and I. But here, let me add this. So it said, and I mean that there are two things that make me feel like less of a man in this world. Okay, two things. One is that I'm not good at gambling. I don't like it. So I'm not really that troubled by it, but but in the deepest, darkest moments, I'm like, I'm less of a man because I'm not good at gambling. But, but you do gamble when you go to Vegas, don't you? I, I go in, I gamble for an hour, I lose the little bit that I am intending on losing, I go, and then I have a great time going by the pool and drinking. You know what? I, hmm. I made the decision to not gamble ever again. Well, that, that that's, and, I mean, I, it's, it's yeah. so liberating because you yeah. don't have any like f- feeling of like, I just, 
you know, shat like my bank account. Well, the, the good news is that I don't have the urge to. Uh, so to me, like that's what I do like going to Vegas, but for everything else. So, but it does make me feel like okay, you're a little bit less American than a game, and I feel I'm a little bit less of a man because I don't. I don't. I don't have an intuitive, natural love of comic books and graphic novels, even though I utterly respect them. If if sat down not, to read one, not, I enjoy it. I but it's I, not manliness. It's sort of like you know, or a cool factor. It's whatever like you a say. dork factor. Okay, so, so great. Now I'm new. lacking in two fronts. One, I'm not a man for gaming. Two, I'm not cool for this. <laughs> yeah. But so for everybody out there, do understand if you're going sigh. He's not. You're, you know what? I agree. I don't, I don't have anything. I don't I have anything. But what to about say. superhero movies? However, I can name every governor and senator of any I know, state. It's of really, really annoying. Yes, I can. Um, it's a good bar bet, and I pull it. I up don't think I could time. name all fifty states. Um, <laughs> no. Yes, sir. Uh, what about comic book movies? Well, I love to see all movies, so that so I don't. Right. I I do not uh, discriminate. I mean, I, I guess I used to be a big fan of. Uh, you know the standard DC and, Marvel, and I think I'm perfectly capable. Like I'm I think excited I'm to see Captain America now, now that some of the oh um, really yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry about that. That's no, okay. Okay, go. Ahead. Um, but I, these, yeah, Captain America, I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, although Thor, I it's dad and Marty. Okay, Marty. All right. Okay, I've answered. Uh, yeah. No, I did just reread those. The oh, see, I can't make reference to it. Like there was the old Electro Daredevil. Things that I mean, Frank Miller I'm, did. Not, I'm not. I'm culturally in tune. Right. I understand I, these words are familiar. But these me. days, I I pretty much just read the like um, Dan Close, who's an yep, uh, yep. Um, up in the Bay Area. He does great stuff for Fanographics, I think. And then yep. uh, Chris Ware, who does you know, I'm sure you've seen his stuff. He does stuff in the New Yorker, but he makes these incredibly depressing, beautiful comic books. And it sounds right up my alley. Oh, it, and and really really funny. Yeah. So. Well, I, you know what? I, maybe I, what I should do is embark on a journey of learning. Although I don't know where to start, but maybe I should start reading a couple of graphic novels. I, I, we're here in the house where there are going to be some graphic Scavenger novels. Hunt. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna start pulling out graphic novels. And I, unbeknownst to me, there'll be ten thousand dollar copies of graphic right. novels. And you're just yeah. gonna be sitting on the can, like folding them back, and like, <laughs> you're just creasing. Them. Oh yeah, I gotta bend. I, aren't you supposed to break the spine? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Yeah, I don't know. Captain America doesn't do much for me. It's um, I didn't want to see it, and then the review. Certain of the reviews you have, saw him with his shirt off. No, 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 no. Certain of the reviews have made me intrigued that it might. Some there were a couple of reviews that uh, said, like, "Oh, okay, you know what?" But no one cares what I think of it since I've already undermined my credibility. Nobody cares what I think about uh, movies. Anyway. But you know, like I, I'm not a huge Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston. Well, you know Johnston? what? I did like The Rocketeer. Really? Yeah, it was a fun little. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I thought it should have been more exciting. I don't know. Um, mm, so you should have upped the excitement. Factor yeah, it, it should have been more like Jumanji. You know, that kind of level of excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Jumanji, uh, the high bar of excitement. We just lost the Joe Johnson crowd. <laughs> they all too. It's just dwindling. But if anybody wants to know the governors or senator of any state in the nation, <laughs> just tweet us a state and we'll me yeah, on it, and yeah. I'm gonna bust out. South Carolina. What? South Carolina. Nikki Haley's the governor. Yeah. And uh, Jim DeMint is – they're all Republicans there. I know. I know. Jim DeMint is the uh, senator and – <laughs> yeah. Done with enthusiasm. You yeah, named one of the senators. What's that? What's the, who's the other senator? I'm blanking. You, 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 Wait, you said you just Lindsey Graham, all right? Oh. Both Republicans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Jesus, H. <laughs> you can't, like, 
lay down the challenge and then be like annoyed and blase about I it. I know what it was. Well, I had to vamp for like a minute because I was just startled and I, I <laughs> Lindsey Graham that I, I yeah. So anyway, I got it. Ba boom. <laughs> boom. So um, so graphic novel fans out there, I hope that my governor and Senate naming ability suffices. Uh, probably not. Um, anyway, well, that's kind of a superpower, though, so you could relate it that's to that. A kind of oh, and remember, and like I, I can uh, talk to ants, but right. I cannot bend them to my will. <laughs> right, that, that <laughs> makes a, it very okay. Like a, an old bit where, they, and it was sort of take, coming this up was with, before with, everybody did the like superheroes with marginal abilities thing. Right, right, right. It was you, me, and Embom. We were very high, and we're like came up with uh, you know okay. I, my ability was I could speak to ants, but couldn't bend them to my will. So. I could never actually convince anybody I was speaking to ants because they were like, I mean, I could talk to them, but they wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. Walking a figure eight. Damn it. Yeah. He did it yesterday. Please, just move something right now for me. Nope. Um, there was the, and the guy which, who eats hair. The guy who can eat hair. Yeah, it, dubious. And then there was there was the, I think the really hot liquids, oh. but, but but not too hot. So it wasn't like he could suck up lava from right, right, a volcano. Yeah. Just like but McDonald's. Just, if, if, yeah, McDonald's if you got a coffee, cup of coffee, yeah. McDonald's or a really hot soup, this guy could take care of. <laughs> so um, yeah, we had uh, quite quite a few. Of those. You know, there, there is the a superhero called Matter Eating Lad in the DC universe, and mm-hmm. he he's like. Eats stuff. That's his power. Yeah, but that's. I mean, once you've said matter, you've opened it up to anything. He can eat a nuclear bomb. Now, here's the question: I've eaten the bomb. Does it still does just it explode? Go I mean, off? Yeah, yeah. But does the act of eating it destroy its essence? You, you know what I mean? Mm, I think that's mm. a that's a big question. If anybody out there knows the answer about matter eating lab, <laughs> it's lab. really it's really going to stick with me for because I can eat a sandwich. And destroy it, quote unquote. And that's matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so anyway, that's the question. Thanks for, uh, thanks to whoever. Who was that who tweeted that? Um, uh, oh, oh, good, I guess it's good, right good here work. in front of me. Um, good work. I don't know. Link 669. And, oh, by the way, did you hit unbusy on the I phone? did. Yeah. I did. But still, no one's called. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Everyone's in Comic-Con yeah, right now. Everyone's, down everyone's down. in Comic-Con. Except for... Except for uh, James, who's um, except for Adam Jobin, who wants to know Alaska. Do it. <laughs> what Alaska? Oh, oh Alaska. Oh God, God. you're you're, such a, you're so Damn full it. of no, shit. No, 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 no. I thought full of Mark Begich is the Democrat who won, and then uh, the, the 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 Republican is Lisa Murkowski, who came back right, and right, did right. the recall. The one I'm going to struggle with, but I could see his fucking acne riddled face. Oh. Parnell, Parnell, Governor Parnell, he's the one who succeeded, I think, uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin, Palin when yeah. she, that was the tough one because he wasn't elected in his own he's right. He's very sensitive Boom. about his complexion. Yeah. Boom. I, well, the top, but t- uh, what's the name of Mr. Tweet? Uh, that was, uh, stop it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's. Did you create that account? Right, right. Just, just for this. Just for the show. Yeah, Please yeah. stop it. Stop it, you guys. Thank you for that one. And I, it actually panicked me because of the par- the Palin retirement. I thought I was going to get fucked on, and I I pulled it off. Now, if you if you want to know, I don't think Mark Begich will survive being reelected in four years because he sneaked in when, you know, uh, the now deceased. Uh, 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 Ted, right. uh, what's right. his last name, died in a plane crash. Right, right. So, anyway, anyway, no one wants to know any more about Alaska politics, uh, than that. Oh, look, I have a muffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, oh my goodness. Wow. As I live and breathe. As I live and breathe. What time you got, Marty? It is, oh, 12, 12, 12, 12 30. Do you, you know what I love is when Promptness? a guest 
Because you say, and here's the thing is, they don't know the drive time. They don't know the drive time. You say 12 They don't know how many stairs they're going to have to climb. They don't know how many climb. stairs they have. In this case, the whole house is empty. They don't know if they're going to make it. Ron comes in right the fuck on time. That's what I love about this And guy. looking good. And looking and nicely shorn. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Let's just fuck it because we might cut the show short, a little bit short today. Let's bring in avoid the Friday our very special guest, Ron Livingston. Ron- oh, <laughs> oh I, I, did, did, you, did you hear that doorbell that he just played? No. It's our only sound effect. So you just plop that down. Marty's going to help you. See, today the, the entire crew is down at Comic-Con, and they're doing all this live in Comic-Con. So this is skeleton crew time. Yes. Fantastic. There's like an octopus of microphone. <laughs> yeah, so you get to pick... Uh, uh, grab this this one closest to... Uh, that one, there yes. There's that octopus Pull tentacle. That right in front of your mouth there. So, Ron, I don't want you to stuff. feel like... Because you probably walked in and you went, what the hell kind of rinky-dink business is this? Because there's only like... Normally, there's a bustling hive of activity. <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys have like a... There's a grand piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's later when I do my like Cole. A there's a bit table. where I, I, I play Cole Porter and right. I sing. Yeah. Did I not tell you about I, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You have to lay across the, the yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. fabulous Baker boys. And a lovely <laughs> good. good. You look good, man. Thank Both you, you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Good to see you. Know, you know, you you did get your hair cut. I saw, I ran into I did. you at a restaurant the other night, and you had, you had a longer locks. I did. I yeah. had uh, I had like long. I was playing a Republican. I had like long '80s Republican hair. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that. That did sound counterintuitive. I know at it first. seems counterintuitive, right. but then you back it up to the '80s and everything kind of changes. <laughs> you know what? It's yeah. your oh god, I missed the '80s. Oh, was that yeah. Game Changer? No, Is that Game Change? Game Change. Oh, who are yeah. you playing? I was playing uh, a guy by the name of Mark Wallace. He was one of Sarah Palin's. Sweet. Uh, yeah. But we would just you just miss this because I have a bar bet and I can name every governor and senator in the nation. And someone just uh, really in Alaska, which I nailed. Just a bit of Alaska, but every yeah. senator. You've got yeah. all the senators. Boom in the head. Wow. Bam. They come out a little slowly though. The, because right now I get nervous <laughs> and so because I'm live on the air. I, so like every new election, you, you no. You know what? Here's what is. It's not like a Rain Man thing or It's just I'm such a political junkie that I read all the you, things. You're all, kinda, yeah. Some shit sticks. I can't remember good wine. I can't remember who plays what song. I can, I can barely remember. There's a hundred senators, though. That's a lot of senators. Yeah, no, but there are a lot and, more and, songs. And there's there's fifty governors. <laughs> and I was about to say, and there's a hundred governors too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Betray my credibility right there. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> let me t- let me introduce you to you. I know you know Marty, and we'll talk about our history of Marty. What's up, Marty? And this is James, who mans the board. How, how are you? The board manner. Board manner. Um, we are so damned happy that. You came in because Ron. For we didn't tell much of our biography. Ron and I went to uh, college together. Marty also went to college, but didn't know Ron then. And then the three of us sort of rematt when we did a movie called The Low Life together. That's right. Sh- shot written by John Enbaum, who's been talked about on the show, and shot in John and Marty and I's house. Yeah, and it was my first movie in uh, in. Well, actually, it was not really starring me at all. It, Co- you, co-starring? It was, Kira, like, it was starring, Death starring. Kira and Ron. <laughs> yeah, I was in it. I was glad to be in it. It's gentle of you to say that I was starring. Thank you. Well, there, there, yeah, there's you. that core ensemble. <laughs> yeah, it's a core ensemble of, 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 of about eight people above me on the call. Oh, show. maybe. Aww. They were first among equals at yes, worst. Yes, yeah, at worst. I, I'm number what? one in your heart. Is that, like, how, how long have you been... <laughs> <laughs> so, to, so let's go wait, back wait, to you the, just said that it was your first movie in L.A. First yeah. movie in L.A. How long had you been in L.A.? Uh, maybe a year. Is that ninety three? Was that? Uh, no, that was I. Yeah, it feels I like it might have been around then. Was it ninety three? I I would think it was maybe a year later, like ninety four, because oh, okay. I uh-huh. I felt yeah. like I was kicking around. Uh, 
tempin for a while before I got that. Which is great. So the movie is about kicking around and right. Temping, I which feel like there were three doing. movies that uh, the late George Hickenlooper yes, yes, promised yes. to put me in before that. That <laughs> he actually came through and I was about to say something catty about. about <laughs> that's <laughs> a promise. I know, I know you guys had. A, it's, it's, but I'm not, we're not going to go there. Yeah, the dead, we're not going to go. Dead. Yeah, we're not going to yeah. go there. Yeah. Um, the uh, so let's. I want to hit the rewind button. Yeah. To that was that was the sound effect that yeah. might occur during the show <laughs> to, uh, to 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 Yale where Ron and I met and 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 there's I it, Ron and I've told this story so many times over the years but I'm going to tell because it's just Ron's genius at work is we did a show freshman year uh, directed by our pal John Sylvain called uh, Henry the Fourth Part One Shakespeare and in it was uh, initially it was Paul Giamatti playing Falstaff Ron was playing uh, King Henry and a, a, a talented writer showrunner named Alan Heinberg was. Cast as Prince Hal, and he had to drop out. Yeah. So I replaced him. Had about two weeks to go, and the three of us got along pretty famously. You oh, you were a splendid Prince Hal. Thank you very much. And so we had a lot of fun, and we took the show seriously. I think it was a good show. But Ron had the observation that there was a <laughs> there was a popular song lyric that sounded very much like it was an I am, and he had a. <laughs> King Henry has a speech where he, he it opens up a, a scene or whatever, and he's he's surveying the weather on battle day. I actually thought I was going to pull this off. It was you, you did know there's that there's that thing where you hear some kind of like phrase or, or you hear something in a Bob Dylan song, and they go, you know, that's actually from a Shakespeare play. Is where he got that. <laughs> so I will let you perform now, but to set the stage. Paul uh, Giamatti and I are, are kind of standing in. He's the king, of course, so he's behind us looking down. We're standing in front. We're all surveying what is supposed to be a battlefield of Arby's and the weather. And it opens up with a line about the weather. Ron, without telling us, opens up the scene with this line. That's right. It was, it was uh, ah, the leaves are brown, if faith, and the sky is gray. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought the if faith was really going to sell it. If faith is good. And the only time I think this is, I was about to say in my professional career, but the only time truly in my career that Paul Giamatti and I, you know, serving the battle, they just burst out laughing <laughs> and had to turn upstage to Ron as yeah. we were trying to control ourselves. I think the crowd beat you to it. That's where, I, that's where I realized that everyone was probably a better red than I was. That they knew the great thing is, is how many people at the end of the show came up and said, I had no idea that that song came from So Sean is a Yes. <laughs> All the leaves are brown. For the kids out there who don't know it, the very Mamas and Pops. That was just G. I mean, we had a we had a good time on that show. The other and this story didn't completely involve you, but but one of my other favorite moments of that show is there was a scene where where uh, Paul is showing me a dagger uh-huh. and uh, and he kind of you know whips it out with a with a thrust and the blade just whips off the hilt and wings into the darkness of the audience, <laughs> where you hear an audience member go. <laughs> and he and I are looking at each other thinking, continue and get an ambulance. Are we insured for that? There didn't seem to be any future. <laughs> Nothing else came from the audience, so we went on with the, with the belatedness. Yeah, they don't throw it back, <laughs> no, so you're, you're probably right. all right. So things seemed okay. Now, Ron, how do you remember Dan as an actor back, like, back then? Like, Dan was awesome. Mm-hmm. Dan Thanks. was great, Thanks, actually. Sir. I was uh, I was surprised when... Uh, when I found a couple of years later that you ventured into producing because I thought you oh. uh, I thought you had an actor in you. Well, I really appreciate that. You know, honestly, it's two things. Two things. If we, if we don't be a bit honest about it, it was one, 
is I was I was tired of theater. This is my thinking. Is I was tired of theater at the end of Yale, and I did, and I was worried that I was too big. And I, I'm not saying I would have succeeded on film, but I was worried I was too big, and I was so theater and big. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go into producing, learn a little bit about film, and then maybe circle back. Right. 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I will say, so it's added, and also, like, again, I probably wouldn't have succeeded if I tried. I, I also think it was a little question of a lack of balls. I mean, to be honest. You know, like, so I'll put that out. Interesting. So those two things of, so maybe the lack of balls subconsciously fed the, like, well, try producing and come back around, but never really. So it's fun occasionally to do a little theater to satisfy the urge, but it is delightful yeah. to see to like when I get to see you go or Paul go or just be like Edward Norton. It's it's great. There's, what what I do like, and this is honest because I would say this if it wasn't. I don't experience jealousy in those moments. I yeah. experience pleasure because yeah. it's so great to see you guys go. I just think when I see Paul on screen, I'm like, that's the guy who worked at the dining hall and wouldn't give me an extra chicken parmesan. Well, we all have our and his dad ran the university, so you know he could give you an extra. I know, I know. You know? And you know, the only reason why he got that dining hall job is because of his dad. <laughs> and, and we, you we, would think he wouldn't have to work that dining hall. Job, I, know, so, I know. I actually was. Well, really, no, maybe the dad those was were good. Saying, those were like union. Those were union yeah. gigs oh, yeah, back yeah. in the days. Serious northeastern union. Like Twelve bucks an hour, yeah. and he only had to work one hour a week, and he got a pension after two weeks. <laughs> right, right. I think I remember that. And by the way, I was pro union. I just. Oh, it's yeah. like a Republican, no, I mean, you know, nightmare. <laughs> so we came up with Ron and I had uh, I cannot. Do you remember the origin of us calling each other Buckethead? I thought I got it from you. I, I thought I got it from you. Really? Yeah. I have no idea where that came from. Because even even the, Ron and I will can sometimes go years without seeing each other, and we happen to see each other a couple times recently. But it just it, we always seem to open up with Buckethead. Yeah, I have it, it no idea. I. I felt like uh, I thought I took that off you, but uh, I, I've never known what that meant. <laughs> no, neither do it's I. too good to let it die. I know, you know? But uh, so anyway, Buckethead. that's that's a <laughs> oh, Don't ever ask us what it means. We now don't. It's oh man, that's how old we are. I mean, you know, we both look, of course, thirty-two, but we're a little yeah. older than that. And uh, <laughs> but Buckethead, we, it's been lost to the ages. It lost to the ages. <laughs> so we came out, and you came out, and you were kicking around as a temp, and we were all kicking around Wait, here. Were, so. were you? Did you go to New York first? I went to Chicago first. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, I, I'm from Iowa, so Chicago was uh, was close to home, sort of greyhound striking distance. Right. And uh, I was, you know, you talk about lack of balls. I was a little, I was just sort of scared out of New York a little bit. Right, um, right. And I was, you know, if you talk about feeling like, you know, you were too big, I, I, I just felt like I was a little corn fed and like, hey, guys, what's <laughs> right. up? You know, it right, didn't right. seem like... I didn't think I was going to be edgy enough for what they were going to go to New York looking for. Right. right. Um, and Chicago, plus, there was all that Steppenwolf shit going on yeah, at the time. You know? Were you Amazing part of that then? Did you... I, I was, I, no, not at all. <laughs> but, um, but, but, it's, but it had a landscape. I mean, you Chicago in the yeah. office. Yeah. Not a theater that, town. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's, yeah. what I, well, that's what I went there for. It's like the girl that goes to New York to be a rockette and she ends up just being a whore on Sixth Avenue, but <laughs> or a producer, yeah, or a producer. <laughs> but uh, that's what got me out there, you know. Yeah, and did you? So did you dig it for a little while, but then said, "I got to get LA with the." I, it's TV great. It was a great. Uh, it, it was a great town. I I think uh, two or three years in, uh, the thing that I kind of realized where there were there were only really a hand. I mean, there were people coming out of. You know, the Cusacks were coming out of Chicago at right. the time. 
Uh, Gary um, Sinise was. Oh yeah, in there. those guys had already kind of broken oh, and had, fled. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> broken and fled. Yeah, yeah. like Malkovich and Sinise <laughs> right, and right, Glenn right. Headley and and uh, like they headed they, to the glory days of Forrest. Yeah, Gump. they headed out to the glory days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, they were they were out doing their stuff, but. Uh, I don't know, like, it was a good place to get started because there was a, um, a lot of little mundane shit that allowed you to make a living, like commercial right. work and, and uh, you know, Montgomery Ward catalog work. <laughs> right. and like, oh, so little, please tell me you got some things. of that oh, work. Oh, hell yeah. Really? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you modeling right nice table. slacks and... Ramen uh, on the table, you know, <laughs> the, the sport coat thrown over the shoulder. <laughs> Rakishly, but, wow. just, but not too edgy. <laughs> wow. Check, oh, yeah. You, yeah. You're not cheating on your wife, but you do got a sex appeal. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. definitely, and it's the Midwest, so there's only so good looking you have to be. <laughs> you know? Well, you can't be too good looking. <laughs> no, you don't want to be that. Then they'll label you a city folk. Yeah, they don't like that. They don't want to Pretty boy, they want a corn-fed yeah, Iowa that's man. Right. Yes. That's right. Um, um, oh, wait, we have a, a caller coming. Oh, by the call? way, I should say this. We do take calls, but few people actually rarely call in, so I don't want you to take it as a referendum <laughs> oh, on you right. if all there's right. not that I won't, many. I won't be hurt. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Marty. And you know what? You can – because I oh, can't see today. Do I hit air or off. do I hit – are these yeah, real do, calls or just Marty with a different yeah. voice? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Wise guys. Oops, I just uh, hung up on them. Oh, they, they, they have no, no Marty. They, oh, so Marty, do on air to do Oh, we heard it. Heard it. Yes, here we go. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hello? What's your name uh, and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Santa Monica. I know it's not too far, but... No, you could have driven that's, over and asked the question. As far as the range reaches. <laughs> we, we didn't know we actually yeah. got to Santa Monica. A direct line to the neighbor's house. <laughs> although, although you've just exposed our age. We're both just for a moment forgot that it was internet. Radio. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, right. But yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but we're uh, so Wi-Fi. Thanks for calling know. from AMK60 yeah. in Santa Monica. Actually, uh, I have a couple questions for you guys if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. 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 Uh, well, first of all, uh, I got to say you guys got love Nooner and uh, – you guys got me hooked on Party Down Now. Our roommates were on season two, and it's hilarious. So, oh, kind of so kids who didn't have stars back in the day. Excellent. So glad to hear that. And thank you for pumping the residuals because we yep. got paid nothing on that show, and I really need those checks. <laughs> you did residuals? Uh, well, I did writing on that show. Oh, oh, I know. Producers get fucked nice. out of residuals, but I did. I actually did a lot of writing on the show. Nice. And then uh, James, uh, I just want to say what up, James. Uh, I got to meet you on... Uh, was it last weekend? Uh, Carmageddon weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. When I was yeah. out at the, I was at the Smarage. Uh, got to talk with you for a little bit. So oh, that was nice. Right. Well, you so, know, uh, that was great. one cool dude. Great he to loves see you. Great to talk to you He loves the manable. Absolutely. And uh, Ron, i got to say, first of all, big fan of yours. And, uh, Thank you. What I really wanted to ask you about, actually, if you didn't mind, was uh, Defying Gravity was probably one of my favorite shows when, wow, uh, for, a short, for a short run time. And I was really pissed. I definitely sent a virtual flaming bag of poop to ABC. But yeah. But, uh, yeah, did they, so, did uh, they stomp? Did they come out on the porch and stomp on it? <laughs> uh, maybe on that virtual porch. It was just mostly just a partially worded email, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, yeah, I had a ball doing it. I uh, I wished we'd have gotten to do more. You know, uh, what did you did you see the seven or the thirteen? I know they they showed seven on air and then they had like uh, they showed seven and then uh, six. They had to get a little creative to find the other ones. Yeah, yeah. does that but, does that mean uh, you yeah, stole them? Does that mean somewhere? I don't know. Would that, would that affect you? Or? It doesn't affect me. It no. doesn't affect us at all. No, I'm happy right, well, to get to see him. Oh, I yeah, actually that, just was cleaning the job. basement out, and I found, like, I had, like, uh, the spaceship schematic 
stuff from that <laughs> oh, that I was like, hmm, I can save this for like somebody's gonna want it. Like it, and then I was like, ah, so I just chuck it in the recycler. You did? <laughs> I, did yeah. I was like, nobody's gonna want I, this I crap. I feel quite sure this caller might have won. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, I missed it. So. I can go. I can look through the bin. It might not. Go <laughs> what day is today? So what we're saying is, got a stack of Montgomery Ward catalog. <laughs> Sam, do you have a, a question for Ron? I, I, was just, I just wanted to ask about like your experience on that show and uh, um, stuff like that. I had a great experience on that show. That was uh, that was one of those things where I had a meeting with uh, James Perriott, the creator, who uh, I was sold when he said, yeah, I was one of the writers on The Incredible Hulk, the original one. <laughs> I was like, I am in. Don't get Dan started on this. I can actually play the theme ah, on the piano. Right. The- you wrote words. Yes. Yes. I I He's Do we have a mic over there? Yeah. James, can we play the piano on the air? Or no, not no, yet. It's, I don't know. We can't. Do we, we need can? to that? Let's or? not do it. No, no, no. We can do that. It's just sing it. No, I, I'll do. I'll do it really quick. If James can set up, when you set it up, we'll come back and we'll do it. All right, we'll come back. All right, we'll come back. Okay. Right. I can't believe you remember Sam, that. That is that is that is twenty some odd years old. Really needed words. Wow. I remember. And you supplied them. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Thanks for calling. Yeah. yeah. yeah thanks, man. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait. And who knew that we could do this? And I'm now I'm nervous because I played it a little while. I'm going to see if like I'm going to try to do Zen and see if muscle. We got an hour, so you could like. Warm up for fifteen minutes. You know, We're also going to be asking you, senators, and, and right, right, Senator Kansas, Moran, and Robert. Um, so, but I'll put it to a bouncy C theme. Um, you know, continuing to trace. Ron's journey. Although I promise you, we're not going to do just your biography the whole time, but it's damned interesting well, to everybody. I, I, yeah. Um, I, so you came ahead. out here from Chicago. Did yeah. you have an agent when you came out here? I did. Uh, I ended up changing a couple of times. It was one of those things where I came out. Uh, my the you know I, I sort of got the idea early on that like L.A. was really where the jobs were. <laughs> you know, like not uh, Chi Town. Yeah, the, 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 the non-catalog work. Yeah, they sort of mostly weren't there, and I right. sort of figured that out. Uh, I wasn't really ready to come out here like and and have anybody pay any attention to it. And they tried to the Chicago agents tried to tell me that like now nah, you need to get something going on here. And I was like nah I gotta I gotta go out there. So there was they they really did a great job and were very supportive and and found an LA agent that was willing to work with me, which oh, really? meant that I went on like an audition every three months for you know what i mean i think <laughs> the willing to work with you is an yeah. ominous phrase it's, yeah. yes so it oh, took a while there was about a year there was maybe a year or two of uh just getting a car and getting yeah getting a job and paying rent doesn't have, i mean everybody has either a year or two or great you know, you know Lynch great had years, years right doing exactly that, you know, you know yeah, great so. stuff but it's i the first actually the first uh audition i went on out here was for the original The Real World. Oh, really? Yeah. What? They were they were putting together a pilot presentation of that, which meant they were going to get the, you know, six or seven people that they wanted to go with and just sit them on stage and have them, like, I don't know, talk and fight rap, with each rap. other. and <laughs> Rap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for some producers somewhere. And uh, I remember walking out of going, like, man, auditions in L.A. are really weird. <laughs> <laughs> You had your monologue prepared. This wasn't, yeah, this wasn't how we did it. My monologue right? is from right. "Suicide is Dangerous." <laughs> um, well, and then like when you got to what was the 
like when you made the jump to like a big agency, did you had you already established we, yourself then, or did you? Honestly, Low Life was kind of the first nice. uh, the first thing that was you know that made anything happen that that started anything because it's like I, I think uh, L A had probably already moved at that point, although nobody really. Nobody tells you how it works because right. nobody really knows. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, and it's such a fluid thing. And it's totally. different for every person, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 And and it's you talk to kids sometimes that are they're like, tell me how Hollywood works and how to make it in Hollywood. You know, and I can say, well, I could tell you how to make it in, you know, in 93. Right. But it's not it, – it ain't like that anymore. And I didn't really know what I was doing then. Yep. You just kind of stumble into something. Um, so – I think the main thing about it that nobody told you was that you you can't do anything in anybody's office or you can't have an audition that's going to make anything work. You got to get something that's on tape so that they can hand it to people yeah, and they yeah, can look yeah. at it. Yep, yep. And yep. low life kind of functioned as that, right? And, and, then, and it's what a lot of those early on. Pro, you know, I did a short with Jason Bloom that got us got us the directing producing gig on on Biodome. You know, not an awesome movie, but it, it, it <laughs> like but it launched a career and gave us experience we didn't have. And the low life similarly, which happened just before that. For, for, you know, John had written it, Marty and I had helped them develop it, and then, uh, uh George Shakenluber directed some producers, and it was made for $400,000. Yeah, really cheap. Yeah, really cheap. Mostly shot in our house, but I think for everyone involved, you know, regardless, and, you know, alluded to some difficulties with the director, but we're putting all that aside, regardless of it, it there were so many talented people in yeah. it. And, yeah. And everybody getting a chance to strut their stuff a little bit on film and do Totally. And, us and we got a really produce, good, you know? a really good cast. Yeah, too. and a good crew, and I, you know, we saw what it was like to, yeah. for us, to produce something down and dirty and so I mean that's one thing George was good at was getting amazing people and, and he was actors. a terrific salesman I think and he always yeah. was able to get, get good people right well he was he would promise everybody the lead in the movie and he <laughs> he had the genius realization that actors don't actually read the rest of the movie they only read their part <laughs> wow this is a really short movie is, is this a short a two page movie are you, you know? saying that so that you the yeah he was sort of uh, yeah. I mean I knew I was happy I was just trying to get in there as a bartender or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he would like a lot of his stuff. Kind of had, you know, fifteen fifteen lead characters, and then he'd like cut half of them out <laughs> in, in post. But it was too late because right, you're right, already right. in it. But I, I when that enthusiasm of like come join this movie that he would you know emit. It was very genuine. It wasn't like he was yeah. like, I'm going to fool, you know, Ron into no, getting no, in. No, no, that's right. And he would create, and I think this is what why he got so many movies made over the years, um, uh, was that he would he'd create a momentum. And yeah. that is so much the job of, it ought to be the job of a producer, but in fact, the director often has to create a momentum that this is an inevitable cool thing that is happening. And sprawlingly ambitious. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Way, like you yes, really yeah. thought you were going to be in Citizen Kane. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Know? That's right. Every moment spent. Because I remember there was a scene shot in the guest Marty and John and I were living in this two-story ramshackle. Like I think the, the part of the ceiling had collapsed. It's gorgeous in now, though. It, yeah, and there was a guest house in back, and I think you had a big scene in back. Um, yeah, uh, in back there. And I remember shooting that scene, and and it was it was as though we were shooting like you know the crucial scene from Schindler's List. It had the right. import. Of it. Well, it was the first time I showed my ass on camera, well, so it definitely it had, had, had some import. The, uh, you know, I had forgotten about that. Was that yeah. there's there's a there's a there's a Livingston ass shot? Did yeah, I mean it's cut? it's pretty brief, but it's yeah. uh, I, I yeah. Were you just like, how, what did I get myself into? Oh, like, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Or, or like, <laughs> did you, did you cry like Irene Cara? Hey, George. And George is like, you want to be a movie star, don't you? <laughs> 
That was your audition. Yeah. It went from rapping to showing George Chicken Looper your ass. No. That, well, at that point, that already made me dye, dye my hair red. Oh, that's right. Remember that? I will go on record as saying that wasn't a good look. <laughs> and I don't mean to be – I'm not being cruel. It just no. was weird. It was kind of weird. Yeah. It was kind of weird. But you were game and, and so like, many people. And it's grown out. It looks it's great grown now. Out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 15 years. But why am I here so short? <laughs> there was a, a lot of talented people in that. But then shortly after that – and I may be ellipsing something. But shortly after that, you kind of, I think, did – you correct me and I'm happy to be wrong mm-hmm. here. But – Another movie where it seemed like just some ambitious people doing something cool and you didn't know how it was going to turn out called Swingers. Swingers. Yeah, that's ah, right. And that was, right. was that your next movie or ish or really? Uh, yeah, thing? I think there was an episode of Jag in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, but Swingers was, uh, was kind of the next thing that, um, yeah. That and did it have saw. that same sense, uh, like you were describing on the little, of like ambitious di- or crazy director? You and, know, it and, was, it's funny it, because it's like having, like I kind of came in there with some juice because I'd been in the low life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. I guess your resume at that point. You know, I was like, out well, you know. I, and uh, and I also it's funny going into that. I, I was like, well, you know, I, I really know from my experience in low life, you make these independent movies, and you're you're really not ever sure how they're going to turn out or what's going to happen to them. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I've known those say, guys in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was no it was, swingers. Was, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. I, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to do swingers actually if I hadn't had love. Yeah, life. right, right. Because you got um, the scenes, you got this credibility. Yeah, and, it's all. Of, it's yeah. like it kind of. It, it was just enough kind of going on that it's like the people with the money will go. Well, yes, yeah. he's done this movie with these people. So, and and a know. brief code of that is just just because I want the history known is is it just was a small and I don't blame the producer mistake on that movie. I is if I remember correctly the we didn't finish it in time for sundance so they opted to have one major distributor screening and bring them all in right to see, because indie movies were selling at right. the time and that will and then we'll get a big deal out of it yeah and it turned out there were lots of interested people but no it didn't gain that what it wanted to do was premiere at a festival or two and sure then, and look up what it goes and go yep yeah yep I'll, and, I'll go and, on and record it, also saying that Swingers is a better movie. Oh, no, no. This wasn't as opposed to Swingers. Right, I'm right, just saying right. no, no, like that's actually why Swingers is, is, is successful. It's actually a pretty though. good movie yeah. and deserved – it handled differently, I think, would have gotten a theatrical release. But anyway, Swingers, a whole different class, right. but I interrupted. Yeah, I, also, it's a feel-good – Swingers was feel-good and that's fun. That's true. You know what that's I mean? True. And Low Life yep. was kind of introspective. Right. And, and I thought really kind of hit hit some stuff. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Certainly for those of us who who, who – oh, you know what? And this can apply to any industry, but when you go out and you are starting out and you're not even sure what you're starting out in or how to start out, so you're doing a lot of things just to – bide your time make some money survive yeah. to figure out who you are what you want to be and those were good questions I think that proposed in the yeah movie. I really like John and Vince that's kind of the thing it's hard to argue with John and Vince sure. those guys yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, blown up and, and then at, after that, did you start getting these like dumb general meetings with you know executives and whatnot? You know that opened up the world to TV. Oh right, um, right, right. That's the one thing that Swingers did. Oh really? Was it didn't? Yeah, I didn't really. I, I didn't have. I'm not that in Swingers that much really to, to for everybody to like go. Ah, oh, Ron, let me you know. Right, right, right. Ah, stealing. But you know, it, it's I haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't remember it that way. But I think it's because I knew you and was like. Oh shit! Wait, what a great yeah. movie, and Ron's in it. So I just have this yeah. memory of like, right. well, you keep thinking like, all I need is this one thing, and then you're, you know, yeah. off you go. But it's, uh, I actually, it's funny um, when I, like, years later, when I when I had the audition for Office Space with Mike Judge, right. 
Um, it was like the second or third audition, and I knew I was in the hunt for it. I, it was definitely not a done deal. Um, but he was like, yeah, you know, I just, I really like that Swingers movie, and I love that scene that you have with the gun where you pull the gun. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm standing there kind of smiling and nodding, and, and <laughs> I'm, that's not me. <laughs> That's another character. That's another person. Do I tell him? Ooh, Fuck no. no. Yeah, no. I just smile and nod and go, yeah. <laughs> please, please cast me. That's so wonderful. I know. It's was that a, and was that a, was that sort of a, uh, an audition battle royale to get that role? How did you land that role? I mean, it sounds like it's audition after audition after you know, audition. You know, that one was just kind of divine, uh, divine luck. Yeah. Um, I think, there was a Mike wanted to make that movie and had a, a just a very different vision from the movie that Fox wanted to make. Right. Um, they didn't have any clout over him because he had more money than God at that point. Right. From not only Beavis and Butthead, but right. was making King of the Hill for them. Right. So I think right. he was making them money too. Right. Right. Ton so, of it. Yeah. You know. So they were sort of looking at it as a vanity movie. Like, well, we're going to give him the, you know, right. ten million or nine million or whatever. Which to make for this them, thing. by the anyway, way, is, is nothing. They really nuts. can't afford to like go, go do what They you spend that do. on a couple, like three yeah. episodes of King of the Hills. So right. 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 Know, maybe six. I don't know. You're a producer. I don't <laughs> Seven. Know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. There you go. Right. Right. But I think what I think what happened is that like you know um Mike would have just wanted to cast like an unknown computer programmer from from some software firm somewhere. Right. And the studio wanted to cast like Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise, but as the studio always wants <laughs> that's, to do. That, that's usually the gulf. I yeah. mean like, not quite as pronounced as unknown, but it's yeah. usually that's the gulf. And I think the the course of like 6 months of casting had meant that everybody in the world had been seen for that part and had been and didn't fit into one or one of those two categories. Right. Uh, right. And by the time I came in, it was coming down to the final hour, and it was like this big debt deal. You know, like they were finally starting to to look for this middle ground. And right. And uh, I kind of landed in the right place at the right time when they said, "All right." It, 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 so Mike Judge was like with the executive cast, saying, you know, he's the guy with the gun. You got to <laughs> hire him. He's great. <laughs> it is amazing. And, and being on the, having been on the the other side of the casting table for, you know, so many times is that the the the, the right talent is always important. And clearly you had the right talent for the role. And that was it, the biggest asset. But, you know, right time, right place. It's just it's almost heartbreaking how many times we see on the side of the aisle like, sure. oh, there's someone who's brilliant. And sure. yet, I we just need someone with a different shade of hair, and it it, it goes. It's sure. like literally that, and and it's not capriciousness like, on this no, side. I of the felt fence. like it's, that about it, Jefferson Mays, you know, because I he's such a great actor, and it seemed like there was a big jump before his career really took off. Yeah, yeah. I know? mean, well, you can just and so that I mean, like those stories of how because obviously that you know a lot of people have have tweeted us and and, and want to you know talk about Office Space because it, it, you know it's such a highlight in your career and but it's it's amazing how the right time everything yeah. had to come together well, in a magic and the studio you know it's 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 always kind of fun to fall back and bash the studio but the studio had a fantastic point which is that there's no way in hell we can open this movie with this guy this this Ron Livingston guy that we've never heard of and they were right <laughs> <laughs> you know the, right, the right, movie right, came right. and went and did and opened to like zero business right. and uh, but here's the here's the counter and I know you 
already know this. I mean, like, yeah. they're right on all that, and it then took but on it, life. But it was a good own. movie. It was, it was it, a really good movie. The movie wouldn't have been half what it was without you, and it has taken on since such a huge life of its own. When you... It, you know, uh, somebody they, was I asking. Think I think they've made plenty of money. No, I think Mike. I think Mike understood something that was really key, which is that nobody wants to watch Brad Pitt have like a really crappy day at the office because you just don't <laughs> buy it. You know right, what I mean? Right, You're right. like, he's Brad fucking Pitt. Like when Michelle, how bad <laughs> can the day be? Do you know what I mean? Yes. When when yes. Michelle Pfeiffer was in uh, that movie, the oh, I know what you're talking about. The Frankie and Johnny, Johnny. the clearly. Which right. is which is this? For those of you who don't know, this is a brilliant play, and it is about two, frankly, just ugly, fat losers at a cafe who find love. And what makes it so achingly profound uh-huh. is it's people who shouldn't, not shouldn't, people for whom finding love is going to be so impossible. There's right. there's people no who are overlooked. To it. People yeah. who, who you know yeah, and to be and then they cast Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> right. And they're like, okay, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't just put her in a. a, a Waitress outfit and have her. Be I think convincing. maybe they gave her, you know, what is it, horn glasses and like, yeah. okay, she's having trouble finding love. <laughs> and it, I always thought like if they had made it, and again, I'm not being cruel here, but if they had made it with like who, who the play was with, which was F. Marie Abraham and Kathy Bates, yeah, then you go, oh, them finding love. There's a profound. There's such an aching, wonderful profundity into that. Sure. So, so you're an F. Marie Abraham and Kathy Bates I of our time. It. I, you know, I don't know F. Marie, but I love Kathy. Bates. Uh, Amadeus. Well, I mean, I know, oh, uh, yeah, oh, I know I his work. Personally. His work's fantastic. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know. Yeah. So, um, and first man ever to sign an autograph for me. Really? High school, New York field to a high school trip. I saw him, I went over, and he was so nice, and he chatted with me for about 10 minutes. Aww. Told me I should be an actor. Like, Thanks, Ev Murray. And you didn't, <laughs> you didn't listen. It. You didn't That's listen. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what could have been? <laughs> you gave me hope. <laughs> um, and so that, I mean, did, was the course of the movie? Was the course of the movie this? You make the movie, it comes out, and it doesn't do well at, yeah. at the box office. And it, was there a certain sense of, oh well, I guess that's it. Here was a moment, in it. and then, oh my gosh, it's taking on a life of its own. Or did you kind of know there's something special here, and it's going to? I felt like I always knew that when it when it hit the Midwest, who doesn't go to the movies until it's in the three dollar theater or on VHS. <laughs> right, right. I kinda knew that they would like the movie. Right. Well PDG wanted to know what it was like working with Mike Judge. Mike uh Mike I you know, Mike is awesome. Right. Um I try to think of something new to answer this question with because I've answered it a bunch, but I, I'm probably fall back to uh some of the what I usually say, which is that uh at that point he hadn't done live action before, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought he was going to be very, like, because he's an animator and used to having control, that he was going to be very precise, and I want, you know, and this needs to happen here, and I need this frame to be here. And right. He wasn't like that at all. The thing that uh, that I think was interesting about Mike is that he'd been a bass player. So he sort of put the scene together like we were, like, ah, oh, yeah. Nah, I mean, I just, you know, I guess feel it how you feel it, and we'll... Let's try to, you know what I mean? It was kind of like we were laying down grooves laying or down tracks. Yeah. Let's lay another one down. And he'd come in and sort of be like, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Let's try it. Let's try another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, and it was a very, it was, it was great because it was a very calm, like, that was an anxious, that was a very anxious time for me playing this. Yeah. This was a big thing. Uh, that I felt like oh, I'm, you know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, my sure. my big break, right, right, right. you know. And and he he couldn't have been more supportive. It also was a little alarming. The um, 
we started in the act two stuff, you know, which is all the hypnosis stuff. Right. And the studio was looking at the dailies, and I think they thought I had a drug problem. <laughs> because I was playing all the scenes kind of blissed out and, what, and like, whatever. And they were like, is he, we need to intervene, you know, like the bond company. Like, they were seriously worried. Really? They, thought I, they thought I was on drugs. And, uh, and I, I remember there was kind of a moment, maybe a 10 days in, when they kind of swept Mike out about it and came in and said, and, you know, he, he needed to talk to me about it. And, and he, like, he knew that I didn't have a drug problem, but he was kind of like, maybe can we just sort of enliven the delivery a little bit, you know, just like a, maybe a little energy or humor somewhere. It is a studio comedy, <laughs> you know, and, and I was adamant of no, <laughs> I, I was like, you know, I'm kind of married into this hypnosis thing. I, you know, I believe me, I think when we get to act three, it's going to have a little more like fuck the man, fight the power. You so, know, even, so you were thing. carrying the charge alone at this point, even Mike I mean, judge was no, a little more, or he I was think just, he felt sweat out to okay, come and bring it, it up yep, yep. but you know I said the thing and then I think he kind of nodded and, and felt like alright well I, I, they asked me to just talk to you and I talked to you and he was like alright well <laughs> see you tomorrow I admire the divide like you said you said like I've, I've worked out this performance and I'm gonna I, and I believe it I probably it. wouldn't do that now I feel like there's <laughs> I feel like you know you get uh, you get a lot more cautious because there's something about youth and that combination of believing that you are the smartest person in the world yeah. and right about everything right. the way that you do when you're 25 yes and also being completely naive about how the system works and what the consequences <laughs> of taking that stand I might think be that second part is like re- like it doesn't yeah. matter but you know what the other thing is and i will i'll add on to number three those two i think are totally valid and the most of it the number three is i actually do think that well i'll call it movie jail that's usually used for directors but i think jail here yeah. is far more easily sentenced upon people than it used to be. I don't think there are, in particular movies, nearly as many at-bats, not for directors, not for actors. In TV right now, because there's a bit of a golden era, there is a bit more just simply because there's episodes you can build. But even if you do a terrible pilot... Yeah, it's it's it tarnishes you for years. Well, it used to be like you know George Clooney that was the guy they trotted out as he had forty seven pilots right. before he got to ER. It wasn't yeah. forty seven, but I think it was something like no, it was, it was, it was, I think it was nineteen or, or something. Seventeen, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was an incredible figure. And you know, hell yeah! If yeah. you look at George Clooney, you're like, you can't tell me this motherfucker can't. We can't put something <laughs> around this guy. I mean, right. Come on, he's like Cary Grant, you right. know, re envisioned. But you don't get that anymore. I don't. Right. I I can't imagine anybody getting more than one or two these days that are like. I I mean I was there when we did uh, our our uh, show Cupid at, at at ABC, which which didn't work out. When we were in pilot season and we were casting and going through lists, it felt even qualitatively different from a few years ago, where it's like, yeah, the, oh, that person was in this pilot, but the pilot wasn't so good. It, it, if it hadn't worked, it it, it had hopelessly. People go like, yes, she's fantastic. But she was in this pilot that didn't work, so we just can't even go near her. It, it, and it wasn't even her yeah. fault. Yeah, it th- was just there's radioactive. A whole, there's a, a group yeah. of actors who are just like, just do pilots and get all, you know, starring but that, a couple I'm saying pilots. Is, that's, I think, is on the wane because people are... You know, it's, I will I mean, say, I think the flip side is if, yeah. you get, if you get a hit early, yeah. you know what I mean? If you get something True. that's a hit or lightning in a bottle, right. they will let you, you know, shit the bed... Uh, you know, six or seven times, because somebody will always come in thinking like, "Hey, man, I saw that. I saw the magic happen back in right. whatever." 
it must have been all those other motherfuckers in between that had, that dropped the ball lately. True. Like, I can get this this thing back out of this person again. True. You know, and I think especially right in not. TV. I don't know if... Hey, truthfully, it's, I, when I do movies now, it's usually indie movies, so I couldn't really speak to what goes on in studio movies these days. But it just seems like in movies, the, the, the jail is more pronounced, I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it goes on the director level either. Yeah, the, either. The, I the think the director uh, level, I think it's terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think back to the studio days when, you know, like these guys were doing three movies a year, two, three movies a year, and like just churning through them because they were contract directors. Yeah, they're on contract. They're paying yeah. them anyway. They, they could get them know. out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they could fail. You know, they could make, you know, a, a shitty Western and it's, it's not going to affect their career the way it nope. does now. I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining anybody making a Western. When now. do I get to make a shitty Western? Uh, you know what I, mean? I want to make you, a were, shitty Were you Western. in the, the gray box? The killing no, box? No, that was before my time. Uh, it was, Wait, were, were you? That was just, yeah. You've never done a, a good Western? Either? I haven't done a, I don't think I've ever done a Western. Oh. Well, let's... Uh, Cowboys and Aliens Come too. On, you you yeah, got the corn-fed look. Yeah. You know? Uh, Marty, what time is it? It's one. Oh, yeah, okay. So before we switch to this thing, I'm going to do a little bit of the piano. Did you... Were you able to send him the Brad's new Brad's oh, new I th- thing? I can play it from the computer, right? Okay. Yeah. So a couple things here, Ron. Yeah. And, and nothing startling. Don't panic. Okay. First of all, I'm going to go try to bound out this incredible whole thing on the piano. Yeah. This is a whole new thing. Then we got... We got Which a little, is a little startling. Yeah, it's a little startling. Yeah. Then we got a, we got a bit. It's our only bit. Okay. But it's not really a bit. Oh, uh, right. I just asked Marty to Well, prepare. let's make it a bit, God well, damn it. We're going to work. It becomes a bit that isn't a bit. But I don't want all you right. to panic because uh, there's no I'm, need for you to rise to okay. bit level. I'm not panicking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a lot more than a bit. <laughs> To panic me. <laughs> well, the reason they said is we had we had lovely we we had lovely Ken Marino on yeah. last week. Yeah. It was great, but when it appeared we might be doing a bit, he yeah. panicked a little bit. Yeah, he looked like he, was he looked like, like wait, is this wait, a bit? Yeah. Am I supposed to, and so I, I don't just, know the bit, but I remember yeah. you're the you're the guy who a bit doesn't ruffle. I, I don't know. That's the title of your autobiography. Yeah, a bit doesn't ruffle. <laughs> the okay, so I asked Marty to prepare three questions for every guest. Okay. There's nothing behind it except it engenders conversation. Awesome. We did uh, title it uh, uh, Marty's Softballs, and our friend Brad, who wrote our yeah. theme song up in San Francisco, just this week wrote a little theme for Marty's Softballs. Uh, okay. So do you want do you want me to do Incredible Hulk, or do you want to play? And, and then we'll come back and do the softball. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just gonna set Marty Vamp. I don't I don't know if you can come up with something for five seconds till I get to the piano. Um, See if I got nothing. Happen. I, no, I, I really Marty got Ron nothing. Vamp. I don't have my netbook. Do you remember with me, the Chevy Chase uh, talk show where he had oh. the piano? Oh yes, Milton. Let's hope yes. this goes better than that. <laughs> is is this thing on? Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I remember that. All right, so um, okay, this is a first. I'm gonna try and play this on the piano. If you, can you hear me? Okay, I don't know if I did. Be I can hear you. Yeah, okay, very good. Because we're in the same room together. <laughs> I mean, I only I'm only gonna do the first stanza if I can remember that. Okay. <clears throat> the Incredible Hulk from the TV show. The Incredible Hulk. It was a green. You are a brute. <laughs> How'd you get so mean? Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. That was a huge amount of buildup for like, <laughs> two remember. lines. But I no, remember that, was that good, we used to do the the fun. I think because I used to do it for you. Now I think we might have invented it during the uh, during the Henry Fourth. Is that? The longer you could milk the maudlinness yeah. of it, the more. No, I remember. Like I remember song. it actually being very soulful, and I remember the show was kind of you know at the end yeah. of it, Bill Bixby <laughs> walking down yes. that highway yes. with his thumb out, backpack. <laughs> and and no, the, the 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 piano trill at the end wasn't there. It, it did it fades into another stanza, but I can neither remember it nor the lyrics. So. Right. 
Um, but anyway, thank I you. think it was worth it, though. Don't yeah, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> was it? Okay. Right. And, yes. and the fact that you were doing it without pants made it even, it, even better. Well, yeah. Yes, that's the way I like to play me piano. Yeah. All right, Marty, hit it. Let, this is Brad Stark, our resident. Now he's officially our resident. He's written so many. We you probably didn't hear, but there was a we have a ragtime nooner theme that opened wow, the show. Awesome. We'll hear it at the end. All right, but he's written like a country music one, a Beatles esque one, a a, a a date rape one. I mean, just a lot of different ones. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> jack of all trades. Kind of contradicts the whole idea of a theme if it's different every time. <laughs> well, I mean, good, you know, good, it's a liet motif. Okay, there you go, <laughs> date motif. Um, so, but anyway, yeah. he took a crack at Marty's softballs, and he, it, it comes it comes on quick. So here okay. we go. Oh, it's not playing. It's not playing. Oh, that was okay. very quick. That was good, yeah, that good was bit. Very now quick. I'm panicked by the bit. Yeah. Um, so do we, you could just email it to James too. Yeah, just send it to me real quick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to stall. We can't even. Are you hey, panicked? Yeah. Verse two of the Hulk. No, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I'm not panicked. Wait, did you say all right? That's the great thing about being the guest is that dead air. It, it means it's no threat at all to me. <laughs> you just sit back and go, fine, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Dead air. Right. No, no sweat off my brow. We can cut this out in post. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no post. It goes no, right we're, we are live. <laughs> we are live. <laughs> um, well, when whenever Marty's softballs theme gets loaded, did you forget yeah. your netbook? Is this whole thing collapsing, Marty? Well, I vamped for you. Can you vamp for me? I can vamp for you. Um, so, Ron. Yeah. Hi. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great is that the next time Ron and I encounter each other, there was other things that went on in his career. Is that I was doing this. Ribbled? Is it ribald? Ribbled? Ribald? I think ribbled, and ribbled. I only know that because of John Lovett. Oh, really? Had uh, yes. Tales of Ribaldry on. Okay, uh, so ribald. Yes. We did. A, there was a ribald uh, romantic comedy called Buying the Cow that I was producing. Uh, Jerry O'Connell was in it. Bill Bellamy and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And there was a there was a a smaller but that I was starring in. Role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I called you up said I've got a lead that I need and and. So Ron came in and did it was very funny and and very funny in particular this very funny opening scene and and really did it really it was a favor and it was well, great thank for you. you to do it and then this is where the this is like no good deed because <laughs> we had to reshoot the ending and Ron's over in London I think on Band of Doing Brothers Band of Brothers right so you got your hair shorn I've the, yeah I've got the buzz cut <laughs> and I'm like Ron I need you to fly back to L A to do a scene and they're like well I'm shooting yeah, a war epic like, uh, <laughs> sure I can make. I've got a week off. I'd love to spend it on well, set with you wearing a ridiculous wig. It was you got on a plane on like a Friday yeah. night, shot Saturday and Sunday. We put you back on a plane and you were back in the band of brothers. You know what though? It was first class and I got a buttload of miles out of the deal. So, <laughs> so and this was the, the greatest thing is we reshoot that ending and it, the ending still doesn't work. <laughs> and for a moment we're going to do a reshoot of that reshoot. So to check availabilities, yeah. I had to call Ron and I remember say, remember that. Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> what, just, 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 uh, what are you doing this week? Yeah, yeah. Any chance? And Ron, I mean, this is, again, what's great about him is the, pause and the sigh was lengthier <laughs> than the first time around. But there was eventually like, yeah, 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 I'd yeah, have I'll, done I'll, it. I'll, 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 yeah, I know you would have done it. That's what's awesome. Happily, it. the reshoot mutated and, and we were able to use a visual effect to like <laughs> paint out the per, cause it was a scene with someone who couldn't be in the scene anymore. Right. We painted okay. them. And it, this was back in 1999 when like painting someone out of a scene was like a million like, dollars. We got to call like right. Lucasfilm and have them come down. And but that's what we did. And so Ron was able. You were to stay on this little little 
Martini Indie Project called Band of Brothers that you yeah. were doing over there. How long were you we, on that? How long? It was about a year. Wow. Jesus. That's amazing. I think we shot it. Uh, it was probably 10 months. 10 months of shooting, maybe nine. And all in Europe? Uh, pretty much mostly all outside of London. Uh, we went to Switzerland for, I think, a week, week and a half. Um, and the rest of it was mostly, everything was built. Did you have to wear a wig when you came back and did the reshoots? I did, I did, and it was the worst. It was probably the most because I think oh, the wig oh, budget was well, the wig budget was still like I don't know eighteen hundred dollars or something. <laughs> and who would know that eight, that to get like a wig that actually looks like real on film is like apparently costs more. <laughs> yeah, more than eighteen hundred dollars. I mean, if I as it's coming back to me, I think you were a groom, so you were a little bit further back, and we could, yeah, but it was it was. It was, it was. I was about fun. to say it was hairy, but yeah. that's right. Yeah. That would be the worst. But I didn't mean it. That's why I stopped. Touch and go. Um, but yeah, that was bad. Um, the thing about Band of Brothers, which I adore, and and have you ever met Rob Thomas, the guy I work with? He like just swears yeah. by the damn. Thing. No, I've met and, Rob Thomas. Yeah. He's, um, so the um, the thing I liked about it. Wait, this is going to sound. I think this is going to sound really egotistical or not. But what. I, I, maybe other people imagine like, well, what would I have been like in World War II? And first of all, I probably would have been scared to death, but I'm sure everybody was there. I loved your character because I felt like maybe I'd be sort of that guy. Oh, that's a, thank, that's <laughs> that's a huge is, compliment. Uh, but, but I really loved the, your character when you brought, like the way that, you know, I sensed an, un, un, the, obviously the undertone of fear was going on, but the way that that character seemed to deal with it. Was a way that thank you. I appreciate that. So anyway, I, I, that's one of my favorite performances of yours. And what, did you enjoy that experience? That's a that that's kind of like a uh, that goes beyond like a even an experience. Or it's it's kind of like a life yeah. chapter because right. it's a year. Yeah. It's you know, there's the three months going up to it, getting that job, and then going to do it for a year, and yeah. then like it took a year for it to come out. And nine eleven happened the yes. week after it came out, and and uh, yes. so. Uh, those guys are, are everybody's kind of still really close with each other. It's a big, it's a big chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. And uh, do you still keep in touch with some of the folks there? Or is, I know how a lot we of them. Yeah. Movies. Oh, you no, do? a lot of them keep it, that one is sort of it is a little different. I keep yeah. I keep in touch with a lot of those guys. Now, pardon me for not knowing this history, but sure, it, it was the character that you played. It, it was Lewis Nixon. Yeah, it, was was he still alive at the time? He was not. Okay. He passed away uh, about. Probably four or five years before we did that, right. um, and his wife, however, his widow, uh, lived up in Sherman Oaks. So I had a I had the opportunity to go to get to know her. Wow! And she was really great as far as like you know I got to sort of see his library and his books, and here's some letters he wrote me. And you right. know, so and you've played a few real people. Is that a handful? Is it, yeah. Is that more harrowing, or I mean, it's a little different every time, um, and it kind of depends on what the the project is and requires. I mean, obviously, if you play somebody that everybody knows, like Abe Lincoln. There's uh, a <laughs> the Abe Lincoln biopic, yeah. <laughs> but you know, some people have played Abe Lincoln. You know, I played uh, Allen Ginsberg once. That's right. I'm probably one of. I'm not necessarily the best casting choice for Allen Ginsberg. I wouldn't have having. The, yeah, the, for it was for Donald actually. Really? Uh, yeah. So yeah. The, very briefly, the somebody fell out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah, fell yeah, out two yeah, weeks yeah, before, yeah, really? and I got the call, and I was like, "Really? Okay." At, uh, at Yale, I was you know Master T of TD, the guy yeah. Master. He would I, he would throw parties, and for four years I was his vintner's aide, which was basically like I threw his parties, <laughs> and the, one was for a poetry fellowship, and this is how much of a rube I was coming out of. I'd come from a conservative Southern Academy, fantastic school, but they didn't teach the beat, so I didn't right. know. 
I didn't know of these people, and I also wasn't ambitiously enough well-read at that sure. time. So the Poetry Fellowship was with Ginsburg, and I'd never heard of him. And it's so embarrassing to me today as a freshman in college, I'd never heard of the man. Yeah. So he arrives early. It's just me there. I'm 18. I'm, I'm just from Virginia. Ginsburg comes in, and he's an hour early, and I'm setting up the bar. I don't know who he is. So it's not that I'm treating him poorly. I don't think I treat people poorly. It's just I don't have any hero. Where I'm just right. talking to this You're dude named no special Alan. treatment for yeah. this, you know. And he, I think, you know, in retrospect, I think was potentially intrigued by me sexually or what have you. Wow. Um, so <laughs> the, I mean, because here I'm 18, and I think what was probably alluring is my absolute, total, obvious lack of awareness of who the hell he was. Right. So I just sat there and chatted with Ginsburg for an hour with him getting really close. And he never did anything untoward. Sure. But he created an intimacy, you know, maybe with ulterior motive, maybe not, doesn't matter. But for an hour, I had this just, uh, just really fun conversation with this cool guy named Alan, who then after the party started, and then I read him, I'm like, I oh. just had an hour with Alan Ginsburg. <laughs> it was one of the most amazing hours of my life. You know what? I had talked about the Cosby I... show. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Pez? I like Pez. What do you think of Roseanne? <laughs> wow. But what were you going to say? Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I had something that was similar to that without the sexual tension with, uh, <laughs> with August Wilson. Oh, really? uh, when I was like a, a sophomore or junior in high school, I did one of those. Right? Yeah, I did one of those. I mean, it's it's not Alan Ginsberg, yeah, but, but he's an amazing player. Yeah, and he, I was in uh, Massachusetts doing some. It was like you know what it is. It was like one of those summer abroad programs right. thing. Yeah, and they go take you somewhere, um, maybe because it's cheaper, and they stick you in a college and like try to make sure you actually speak French or whatever, <laughs> and figure out something for you to do. And one of the things they said was like, "All right, you know, you, we're going to send you out for an hour and a half." And your job is to go talk to three people, strike up a conversation, find out who they are, what they do, and talk about something and come back. We're practicing in English because, you know, you're going to be over there and you're going to have to, like, not be shy about, like, trying to talk to people, whatever. And the, so I'm in an ice cream store and there happened to be a playwriting conference or whatever. And, you know, I was, I was, I was doing plays. I was in theater at high school and, uh, and the first guy had a name tag on from the playwriting conference and I was like, you know, I thought I might want to be a playwright someday. I, you know, it never happened. Um, and I was like, Wait, what can you tell me about playwriting? And so I literally talked to, I talked to August Wilson for 90 minutes about like the, he was so generous about like That's the so craft cool. of how That's to write amazing. a play or whatever. And, and it's particularly because you started with such a, like, could you sum up your entire career's pursuit well, he, in one question? He, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your vast and, and career time, that I don't know about. He really should. hadn't started yet. He was uh, like, oh, really? yeah, he was like, you know, I just, I'm living in Minneapolis and, and, you know, I've got, I had a, the library has done a couple of readings of my stuff and they've been really helpful, but I just now signed a deal with the Yale rep. They're going to do Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was the first one. That really, that really you know, started they, they the, kicked the thing the bigger, but the next evolutionary leap for yeah. him. But, but it's kind amazing. of amazing that like you have, you have, uh, an experience like that with yes. somebody who's, who later on when you study, it's sort of like there's a canon and they're one of the greats and, yes. and, and yet, it's not really any different. It's kind of not that different from uh, another guy that you would talk in and yes. to in an ice cream store that might hit on you at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I don't want to make it sound like he was did it or I just think that the, he was he was gently 
probing. Well, that's unadorned, yeah, but gently sure. conversationally probing for a potential opening. Right. But at this time, it, but anyway, it, but it is amazing because I know had I known it was him, I would have been flustered, not know what to say. And, and it's so good sometimes when you, you can eliminate that from your conversations with people because then you can actually have, yeah, you don't have to like be like kind of star fucker, you know, yeah, like, exactly. uh, I don't, I'm, uh, what do I say? I'm nervous. I'm right. starstruck. You sometimes know. just sometimes actually saying I love Pez starts yeah. off. Yeah. You know, and that, that brings us around because that's the whole idea of Marty's softballs. Oh, how how, how are we all ready to yes, go? Yes, we're ready. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole damn idea. <laughs> that was a good vamp. Well, well done. Well <laughs> Thank done. Thank you very yeah. little. There it is. <laughs> all right. Coming at you in threes. <laughs> Gonna put you at ease. <laughs> if you like it rough, well tough. You can party softballs. <laughs> Great, Brad. Thank you so <laughs> that much. Was well worth the wait. Come on, <laughs> come on. You, you'll be that went through many, many iterations. Him finally, you know, it was a little too long in one moment, a little too. And I think you got it just right. No, the porridge perfect. was just yeah. right. So well done, Brad. Well, it, you know, we'll hear at the end of the thing the ragtime nooner that he does, which so you'll see the. I look forward to that. His, uh, <laughs> Something to keep you here in the seat. Yes. Cause, well, because it sounds like I make it, but he's he's a damn genius and has written us some awesome material. So. Marty's softballs. Marty, take her away. All right. What was your favorite class at Yale? Uh, uh, you know, I had I. Hmm. I, uh, these are softballs. These are softballs. No wrong answer. No wrong answer. I really enjoyed some of the you know the acting classes because they're acting. Classes, did you have Lynn Singer? You know, I did have Lynn Singer. Yes. <laughs> Who's Lynn Singer? Lynn, Lynn Singer, Singer was like the John Houseman paper chase yes. of the. But she was the woman who like Lynn. I have never done this in my life. Not work. Not professionally. Never. I just not something like I. I have fun drinking on my private time. But there was a moment. Lynn Singer was the tyrant acting teacher who in there would just make everybody would crumble and i took i took a big shot of vodka twice before going into her class wow it steadied my nerves and it's the only time in my life i have done that i don't do that for anything but as she like i was so nearly at vomit walking wow. in there so i, I didn't have i had the opposite experience oh, right. with her actually so i'm just a coward yeah i no no i had that experience with nikos oh i'd never had a year before yep. and and he was the guy that uh you know, like the, it's that classic old acting school thing where they like, we're going to tear you right, down right. and make you feel like crap. And then, you know, and then yeah. maybe if, if you are worthy, we'll build you up again, you know? <laughs> yes. So I, she, I guess either took mercy or was, was the, oh, was the good cop. I don't along. know. We were yeah. in her introductory class and there was that. a lot of people and yeah. she, she tore us. She, she, she's probably a great teacher. And in fact, when I think back, what she was trying to do were all worthy goals, which was strip away a lot of artifice and crap that had built up through like high school theater acting. Yeah, totally. So which is not easy to do. No, it's right. like that paint stripper is not, you know, that's, that's right. some toxic chemicals. I also think that there's a val, uh, there's a valid thing of like, because so much of acting is like, this like terrifying fear of what if I get up there and somebody doesn't like it. It's kind of really valuable to like right away have somebody really not like it and go, you know what? The world doesn't end. That's so right. right. You know it's what I mean? So right. It's like it's somebody can hate it and they can tell you they hate it and you're going to feel bad for 10 minutes. And then after that, you're going to go, all right, well, shit, I guess I got to try it again. And know? I do think that is the, you know, and I, the, the shots of vodka were early on and that probably, and I do think you're right to put on, to put, you really identified it actually as like stripping away bad habits, I think was her goal number one. And, and then making you comfortable with the idea of 
very real criticism. Yeah. And, and those, two but even huge not real criticism. I mean, rejection in general is just like part of the, yeah, exactly. of the thing. And, and it's, you have to build this, it's a skill to, to take rejection. Yes. And to take criticism, especially as an or, actor. And, and to know. probably figure out like, okay, that's legitimate criticism or I don't believe in that criticism, but it's not going to affect me. I'm right. right. Exactly. Or like, yeah. I can't, I can't think about that while I'm doing it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. reminds me of, uh, you know, when we were doing this sort of actor boot camp training or like whatever, uh, it's one of the, one of the advisors was like, you know, because the classic boot camp thing is everybody's yelling at you all the time. That's lots of yelling at you. Right, right. And, and one of the guys kind of said, you know, the reason that like we yell at you is because war is loud. <laughs> you know, and you have to get used to the idea right. that like everybody has to yell or you can't hear any, anybody. <laughs> that, that's so interesting because I never would have thought, of, I guess I knew it's pretty simple. That, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's not right. entirely just a psychological thing. It's right. just like, it's There's vibes going off with <laughs> yeah. machinery. Yeah. People are running yeah. in and out, and they're in a frenzy. <laughs> There's not a lot of calm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so well, you know. Yeah, there that's. Yeah, well, I'm glad that actually that. All right, so my class, I guess I like the acting class. There was also uh, there was a uh, history of the Near East. Um, yeah. That yep. I, do you remember that? Wait, that was, was that, uh, that wasn't Spence, was it? No, no, that's China. Spence was China. No, Spence was China. This was it was team taught by two guys. One was a digger. One was an archaeologist, and the other was like. A language guy, you know, like trying to uh, interpret hieroglyphics. Someone was like Max von Sydow. And <laughs> yeah. And it was the Indiana Jones class. <laughs> yeah. it, was the, it was the perfect balance of being uh, in-depth stuff in a bunch of topics that I knew absolutely nothing about and also being like really easy. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, which is a, a college a, class that's perfect. The theater director by the name of Patrick Tova gave me great advice before I went to college and he said like, you know, obviously – do stuff you're interested in and maybe a couple things you ought to do. But make sure you spend a lot of time doing shit that you will never have a chance to, to do, do again. ever again. Absolutely. Oh, right. I believe I'm so that. glad he told me Definitely. that because I would have been like, I got to do everything that's thinking about my career. And instead, every I made sure to do one or two courses, some of them easy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but gotta, one yeah. or two courses Salt that like, in. I'm never going to get a chance to ever explore this weird thing. And I'm going to do it here. I'm so happy you told me that. Well, at that age especially, you know, because it's one thing to be, you know, it's, I think it's important to pursue what you love, but you don't really know what you love yet. Yeah. So you got to yeah. try a bunch of crazy shit that you have no idea what it is in case you might love some of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, you know, even as to go back a little, you know, it was, it's really, it's such an interesting question you said, like, about my not pursuing acting. And I think about all the things tied up in it. I also feel like, not that I'm returning to acting anytime soon or ever, but is that I actually only feel about now that I've started to experience and live enough emotions in life that mm-hmm. I could actually accurately portray them. This is just me. Yeah. Immature, lived yeah. in a sheltered me. I'm not saying that's the way ever. Just for me, I'm like, okay, I now think I've had enough really in-depth emotional experiences mm-hmm. that I could actually, you know, so it might be that I had a failure of my imagination and couldn't do it, but now at this point in my life, okay, I think I've actually now experienced enough sh- crazy shit, yeah. and deep shit that this is this more in depth than Marty's softballs? No, no, <laughs> usually gets. <laughs> no, this is this no, is this what Marty's softballs. I want to make sure I'm not overstepping. Wait, are you are you panicking during the middle no, of the bit? <laughs> you said you were good with bits. You said you did say you were good with bits. It actually feels very unbit-like. So I was. Do you remember how you said I could just sit back and not worry? Yeah. The bits going off the rails. That's great. That's great. Okay, but now the bit went off the rails. <laughs> Question. Oh, yeah, we can go a little lighter now. <laughs> so you've um, 
on screen you've had some deaths, right? Yes. What's your favorite? My favorite death on screen. Wait a minute. Uh, my favorite death on screen was King of the Ants. Ah, this, it, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was trying to get to, around to that uh, Stuart Gordon movie. It might be Wait, the only King one. No, the, I think I've had. Oh, I think I've had more than just that one. But that one was that it, was enlightened uh, me because I Stuart Gordon never did seen um, that. Oh Wait, what was King? That is dark. That is such a dark movie. Yeah. But yeah. Amazing. King of the yeah. Amazing. Um, what, what was the one he did? Uh, the, he did all those. Um, Sci-fi. What's it? Um, he did a lot of the HP H- Lovecraft, Lovecraft stuff. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm saying actually, tell me, reanimator. Tell me okay. about it because I don't. But, um, but if you don't want to hear about it, no, no, no. It's based listen. on a, a novel, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think it's an English author, and then and they sort of Americanized it for for this version, and it's about a kid who. Uh, it's about a kid who gets hired. He thinks he's being hired for a hit. Right. What he doesn't know is that it's kind of a setup. They never expect that he's going to be able to follow through with the hit. Right. So they just want him to, like, tail somebody for a while and make the guy nervous that they he thinks he's being tailed and they, they won't trace the kid back to him. But the kid actually mans up and ends up pulling off this hit, which is on, on my character. And it's and he's never done it before, so it's really, really sort of, like, grisly and... and it's, uh, it, I, can, I can it's, imagine. Do you see nasty, a torn curtain? It's, ter- um, it's the terrible. Hitchcock movie where... No, I haven't Paul, seen one of my... Like, few I haven't seen that. Like, Paul Newman and Shirley MacLaine, they have to kill a spy, and it's like this... You know, they're just pounding him with, like, a frying pan and strangling him, and it's just, like, this really painful, ugly scene. This death is that... Times yeah. ten with like so much, someone in you know what it, Yeah, it's like it. yeah. so much. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's almost like a usually in a horror film or a slasher or even or any. There's some. There's kind of a. There's it's a device in the in the form where you see somebody get murdered and you're like, oh, that was bitching. You know what I mean? Right, You're like, right, right, right. this is not that. Yeah. It's so it's just makes, it while. makes your stomach yeah. hurt. And it's you know like I won't I won't let my mom watch it. It's oh really? It's, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, what was? But it was fun. Was a bunch of, I mean, yeah, like that's my goal is to get to get killed in a grisly way in a movie. Oh. That's the only reason. To and you've got to see this nasty. movie because that is just that just starts it off. Yeah, that starts it off. And Vernon Wells is in it. Who played yeah. the the bad guy in Road Warrior with the Mohawk? Wow. All right, hey, I'm in. I'm in. Check yeah. it out, everybody. What's the name? What's the title of King, King of the Ants? King, King of the Ants. Ants. Yeah. Are there ants? Uh, is it A U N T S or A-N-T-S? No, no, it's no. There's, A-N-T-S. there's a reference yeah. in the reference end to, to it. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know okay, what it means. Fair enough. We won't spoil that. Um, okay, now you did this movie called Holly. Yes, and you know did the festival circuit very. Um, well acclaimed. It's about child prostitution in in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. It's a really powerful and very another very hard to watch movie comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and not to be flippant uh, about it, but apparently you are now about to be. This is sounding like a no, medium no, ball. People should Marty. see the movie because it's a good movie and okay. it, and it and it heightens the awareness of of a global problem. But I did want to know how the yeah. food was in Phnom Penh. Uh, the food, uh... This sounds like the question that, like, you access Hollywood asks in the, when you're promoting <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, the food was like, iffy. What the the food really? was iffy. Um, oh, really? First of all, you know, Cambodia, yeah. uh, as a, just as a country, uh, 
didn't have food for about 20 years. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Right. right. So right. the so, development uh, yeah. of a vaccine. There were, there, there were yeah. Two there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of cultures that have like bugs in the cuisine because like they love yeah. bugs. Right. Cambodians have a lot of bugs in the cuisine and they don't even, they don't like the bugs. It's just, <laughs> but that's, that's they, what, they were there. The available you protein. Know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's come back, but I think a lot of what happened is that in the, you know, in the, in the Pol Pot genocides, anybody that was attached to any kind of like high culture any they lost a lot of their culture and i think right. cooking and right. and and anything that was chefdom other than like eat eat rice to live right uh was was lost so i i would say it's it's uh my experience of it is it was like uh grizzly it was like thai food but kind of grizzly Right, was it right, a, right. Was it a hard movie to make? I mean, it just extraordinarily hard. It, that's another. It's oddly that it's a, that was another one of those kind of life changing experiences making that movie to go mm-hmm. in and do that. It was very very under the under the rate like, well not under the radar. It was it was kind of guerrilla style. Um, they shut the movie down. Uh, the government kind of like seized all the equipment. For about a week, and then there was like a, a, a week-long struggle of trying to figure out. They thought they bribed all the right people, and then they had to like <laughs> right. bribe a bunch of more people mm. to find out who the right people to bribe actually were. <laughs> right. uh, and it continued on. Like that's the that's the thing about that they didn't quite understand about the culture is they were they they were down with bribing people. They just didn't understand why they wouldn't stay bribed. <laughs> <laughs> for more why than you stayed bribed for <laughs> the money to go into their pocket in it. it was, so it was like an ongoing shakedown. Um that sounds uh sounds like a dicey atmosphere. It was a little dicey. Yeah. I mean, it was uh it was one of those things where one of the ways that the bribes worked was we were told that we needed we needed, you know, police security and right. so now all of a sudden we have like a 100 uh, you know, Guys in various uniforms, kind of anything <laughs> Lots they get thrown together. In. You know, it seems like make your make up your own uniform day. <laughs> you know, with submachine guns, and uh, you know, and we're getting charged by the guy, so they send as many guys. But and they're ostensibly protecting you, but you're also you also sort of know that like those are the only guys I'm really worried about. Right? right you know what right, I mean? Right. Because yeah, yeah, they're right. the those. Uh, um, it sounds uh, it sounds tricky, um, and it really, Marty. I was going to say for like criticizing me for talking a little bit about my acting, taking us into post genocidal Cambodia. I think well, it's really, well, well, you, really you said it was like, <laughs> like, like life changing. Like so, it how, really how was. Uh, it was life changing. It was uh, a couple reasons. One, yeah. it was it was going in and making this movie. We were you know we were sort of in. It was it's about a a, a young Vietnamese girl who is in uh, in the in the brothels. Uh, she's been. Uh, sold and trafficked into yeah. into the sex trade in Cambodia, and, it's, and I played an American expatriate, you know, kind of uh, dark, cynical, you know, whatever. The, the guy's kicking around there. The American expatriates kick. You don't you don't kind of leave your life in America and move to Cambodia unless you have some dark shit going on, right? Of course. So, uh, you know, he decides to try to help this girl, and it, then it turns out being a lot harder than he than he thinks it is, and and uh, and that's the shape of the movie. Um, we actually shot in a lot of the locations that they had just busted some of these brothels and we were shooting in in like the very rooms where this stuff had actually been going down um not you know four or five months ago um and a lot of the extras that were you know involved in it you you just kind of knew like oh 
Um, these are the these are some of the kids that I think are, if not in this, they're at risk of being right. in this in right. the near future. And some of these extras over here, you kind of feel like the guys playing the Johns that are going to these things. You're like, I think you guys are Johns that go to these things. Right. You know? right. So it was it was very it was a little complicated to sort of be in a position of being in that uh, in that environment, kind of working that way. Um, the second thing was just the effort of trying to get this movie finished and made. Right. Um, you know, we had Tom Sizemore was going to come over and do the movie, and this was the project that he, to leave the country, he needed to, because he was on probation. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they needed to, um, he needed to, the judge didn't want to let him go leave the country to work, but thought, you know what, he's working, get his career, that's a good thing. If he can pass a, pass a you know, Piss clean and we'll let you go. Right. And he felt the thing and he had to go back to jail, basically. Ugh. He'd been out on probation and then because he tried to do a movie and couldn't and didn't pass the test. That's such back, a trick, you know, all the way around. I mean, the guy must have known he wasn't going to pass. Oh, geez, yeah. The cycle know. of drug addiction, especially that drug is. Terrible. Yeah. So it was a, it, and it was a, it was a journey. Yeah. Uh, just finishing this movie. Chris Penn stepped in to play mm. Sizemore's part and, uh, you know, he, he showed up, um, you know, and, and, and he, he passed away, I think, right. nine months later or wow. something like and that. He was so in a difficult place himself. It was, there was a lot of darkness yeah. around that whole thing, and the, and the food didn't help, Marty. All right. <laughs> Get him out of the softball. <laughs> well, sir. Well, right. But I want to ask because, it, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, as, I'll give you a little plug real quick. Um, yeah, I still please. work to this day. I work a lot with, um, with some organizations that. Uh, yeah, please. There's a woman by the name of Somali Mom. Mm-hmm. who was sold by her grandfather at the age of 12, Oof. spent a decade in the brothels, uh, escaped. With the help of a French aid worker, she escaped and has dedicated her life since to saving girls from the brothels and then reintegrating them into society. She saved pro- thousands, like four, five, six thousand young women at this point and like traded, you know, teaches right. them yeah. skills, puts them through school, health care, like da 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 um, Somali Mom Foundation. Uh, is it spelled as S O M A L I? Yeah, it's S O M A L Y. A L Y. M A M Foundation. Okay. Uh, go online, you know, buy some stuff from their website, read her book, uh, donate if you can. It's a great, it's a great. Yeah, I mean, like, and it is shocking how prevalent that is in the world. I mean, you think the world is a civilized place? It is not in many yeah. ways. In these things no, it's are, it's are not. Plague. It's yeah, not. It's, it's a. It's it's something that need. You know that we're still. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of work to be done on it. The good news is there are a lot of people doing a lot of good work good. on right. it. You know, you know the, a little follow up is that, and I do. I don't mean to draw this parallel as a joke. It just, sure. You know. You know. You hear like an apocalypse now. Martin Sheen goes over and he, it literally like ch- changes him the experience. Yeah. I mean, did you feel like there's a lot of darkness to take in? I mean, for a person, did you come back and it took a little while to readjust it? Like. Or is it just you, you took little, it in? I mean, and you, it's and you, it. Was, I, I found it sort of eye opening. To be honest, it's it's you know I hesitate being like the actor guy that's like you know, and I, I just embraced the darkness and it changed me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the one of the things about it is I think over here we tend to think in these like really black white terms of like you either well a problem doesn't exist we can't do anything about it. I don't know you know yeah or. We are. We will be the White Knights. We will save Libya. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like yes. we will ride in on right. a horse, fix everything, and then leave quickly. Right. Um, this is something where it's 
there's kind of a middle way of like, uh, you know, it, I think it needs it, it needs compassion, it needs action, but it also needs a little humility. You got to go into it saying, you know what, for my hundred dollars or my hundred and fifty dollars that I want to, that's gonna maybe save three girls, it's not gonna end the problem, right? You know, right? But it might actually save two or three girls, right? And, and if I can be cool with the fact that, like, okay, that's okay, right. Um, that's smartly well, said. Well, that, that's the women, said. The, it's still worth doing. Right. Yeah, but no, no, when you I think mean, of like two or three lives. Yeah, that are, yeah, well, that, yeah, that woman yeah. who escaped, you know, yeah, she smiling. went on, like, she was saved by, she was one person who was saved, and then yeah. she ended up saving, you know, several other individuals. So you don't know where, what saving one person will do. That's exactly. But the food was marginal. Exactly right. The food was marginal. <laughs> <but> the food <laughs> was not, yeah. I will yeah, say, that was, I will say, now that I know I made fun of you during the, because you brought that up, that, that was, a, that was a more ornate softballs than, yeah, yeah no, no, that, I, that I was, wanted okay. to personalize it for you. No, but, but I, but you. I like Thank that. I, that's oh. what the whole idea is that it can go anywhere, and, and yeah. I actually think it went somewhere quite interesting. So, no, so did you wrap up? The um the Jay Roach thing, I did. Now, what is his deal? Like he does dinner for schmucks, and then he does these political TV movie things. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he did recount. He uh, did recount, which was for HBO. amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, uh, uh, you know, Meet the Parents. Uh, yeah, sure. 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 So yeah, right. I think and the, and he, the Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah. there. He's um definitely kind of a go-to guy for these big studio, you know, studio tentpole madcap comedies. And he, I did think, he go to Yale? He, that's a good question. That's it. That's the old know. Burt Reynolds formula of I'll do one for the fans and one for me. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that. I think he just in has way, different you know? interests. Right. Um, and I'm a sucker for those movies. You know, Paul was in the Too Big to Fail, uh-huh. which Curtis Hansen directed. Yeah. Who was a great director. I, I just, I have a, I'm a sucker for historical nonfiction slash slightly fictional, you know, with totally. Band of Brothers and totally. those extraordinary uh, things. So that's why I've dying to game change. I read that book in two hours yeah. and I can't. You know, wait to see this. Oh, Julianne Moore right? as and Sarah Palin is is kind of a phenomenon. She's really? uh, yeah, she's really. Does wonderful. she find the? I mean, look, Tina Fey extraordinary. Well, that, Does she find the, the humanity in it? So yeah, I mean, it's a different. You know, yeah. I I I thought it would take a huge set of balls for any any actress to go in and and play Sarah Palin after what Tina Fey did and right. and sort of uh, at the at the the platform that yes. Tina yeah. Fey had, um, but. It's it's also a difference of doing it uh, a ninety minute characterization over you know yes, rather than yes. a, a, a three minute sketch version, right. which was I mean Tina Fey's version was so good that I I remember a couple months ago or something like Fox News accidentally <laughs> ran the clip yes, yes. of <laughs> Tina Fey instead yes, of Sarah Palin right. you know without knowing it. Um, but Julianne Moore, I, I think she, yeah, she really nails it. I mean, I think that's a crucial thing is to find you know, however. Some people think she's great. Some people think she's awful or horrible or ever fucked up or whatever. Like, she's still a human being with the soul there. And I don't mean that it's like so a benevolence, but you've got to yeah. find that to place somebody. It's got to, yeah. a human. And anytime you do one of those big, the, the thing about, uh, and this is, I think, why, actually why Jay is kind of great with this stuff is that usually when you do a Holly, you know, a quote unquote Hollywood story, you don't have 30 characters. You kind of boil it down. So, like, yeah. you get the hero, and he's going to sort of represent these five guys that did this thing. And then you have the bad, you know, you get one bad guy, and you get one mentor, and and you kind of boil the events down, too. So there's, like, there's the big act one reversal. Mm-hmm. When you do stuff that's that's, like, historical and true to life, it doesn't fit that. You end up with like, well, there's really 35 players in right. the in the thing, and some of them are really only here for this 10 minutes, and then they split, and these guys come in at the end, 
and the events don't fit into a neat and tidy way. So right, right, it right. takes somebody who who's really good at sort of juggling a lot of balls in the air to be able to uh, to tell that story in a way that an audience doesn't just feel like I'm lost or I just watched. I watched 40 minutes of CNN, but I don't, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. a story with a beginning and a middle in an it. You know what movie I, I love? I don't know how many people saw it, but I thought did a great job with it. Did you, did you ever see 13 Days, the Kevin Costner movie yes. about the Cuban yeah. Missile Crisis? I, I thought, thought they did a fantastic job. Very yeah. effective job of, you know, of course, I'm sure there were composite scenes, and I yeah. think that it made a little more of Costner's character than it actually was. But you really felt like it had a, you were there, and you really felt you got you juggled a lot of balls. In, Definitely. In a complicated process. It's also tricky because you, you've got to figure out how much you have to educate your audience along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it has to be entertaining. I mean, you know, yeah. and I imagine that there are funny moments in the in Game Change. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's very funny. Yeah. It's very funny. But it's not, this isn't, I mean, it's Game Change. It's not a comedy, but, right. it's, yeah. but the events themselves right. are... You know, the events themselves kind of became, I mean, if you, if you remember her Katie Couric interview. Right. Like they sort of, it approached farce a little yes. bit in yeah. like how everybody responded to it and, and, and the fact that the main, I mean, the main blow by blow of that, of the story was that, uh, the McCain campaign needed a Hail Mary. Um, they, uh, you know, they needed to pick a, a VP. Um, Somebody had the uh, he had three or four candidates. They were like, "Well, they can't win." They like, and he like wanted Lieberman, to go. Well, he like wanted Joe to go Watt, with Lieberman. Lieberman. Yeah, right, right, right. That was the big surprise. They were going to announce it yeah. a week and a half later. It leaked, and the Republican base said, "Absolutely not. Yeah, no fucking way. You, you're not running with yeah. Al Gore's running mate. It's not going to happen." Right. So all of a sudden, he's got a week and a half to try. He's eight, ten points behind Obama. He's got to find somebody that's a game change. Yeah. You know. Yep. And uh, and somebody came up with the idea of Sarah Palin. It was one of those things where nobody knew enough about her to have a good reason for why not, why not to go with Sarah Palin. Right. On paper, it had like the... the she it, gave a great yep. interview. Yep. Nobody really like quizzed her on basic uh, knowledge. Grammar. You know, and, and, and then... Uh, you know, to her, to her defense, that's a re- to be thrown into a national yeah, uh, presidential campaign on a week and a half's notice is not is not really a, for the faint of heart. You right. know, I mean, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, like it is a pack of wolves. It's a tough it, thing. So yeah. I think you're right to be balanced in the sense of look, I'm a, I, as people know on the show, I'm a progressive Democrat. So I, there's nothing about Sarah Palin that I like. Sure. Being thrown to the pack of wolves of that media in, in the presidential campaign, that, that is something I can't imagine any human doing well with. That's a that's big stage be, for somebody yeah. who's not prepared for it, even if you're capable of being prepared for it someday. You, you know right, what you I mean? You need a ramp up or something. Which yeah, so. I ultimately, I'm, you know, I, I don't. I don't have the knowledge of whether she. One of the tricky things, a little bit of the the, uh, verging digression, is that I, you know, again, being someone who is a Democrat, and uh, is that you know I, I voted and would vote again for Kerry Edwards. But one of the big things that I said with you know when Palin and McCain around is like, you know, how can you put that woman a heartbeat away from the the presidency? And that was a (laughs) genuine belief of mine that I did not believe that was a. Although I don't think you vote for the vice president, so I can understand that pushback. It wasn't the certainly not the only reason that I didn't think you should vote for. And looking back, John Edwards is well. That's exactly where I was going. Is now I I have I'm so like filled with like I'm so mad at John Edwards, and I you know it hurts me Mm -hmm. to know that I voted to put someone that I consider now a. 
an utter fraud, a liar, a cad. I mean, one of the a, a bad human being yeah, that right. close to the White House. So you know, it's it's tricky. And, and like again, I said, f- forced to vote all over again, and you can't ever do play that game because knowing what you know, he wouldn't have been on the ticket, right? And and what I believed about Bush and Kerry at the time, I'd still vote for Kerry. But it does really haunt me that sure. I that I voted to put that guy that close, just as I. I believe, though they don't, that you know, voting to put Palin in the vice presidency is one of, an extremely dangerous thing to have done. Now, on a lighter note, um, you have that internet video, the yes, the, the cat yeah. video, which is yeah. very funny. If you haven't Wait, seen it, tell it's, me, tell me more. It's uh, well, there's that you know, play it off cat, or you know, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So from like four years ago, or yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last, was, yeah, last, well, imagine that except me, right? And it's like exactly choreographed. Every facial expression, eye movement is to like a T. What's, uh, give the link for folks. What's just on YouTube? Just do to put in what Livingston Cat. There you go. Yeah, you know, actually, Lizzie Kaplan put me up to that. Because you and Lizzie did a movie called Kings of We did Country. Queens of Country. Queens of Country. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, which features when people get to see it. One extraordinary sex scene. Oh, just yes. one extraordinarily well, thank you. funny thank you. sex I, scene. I'm waiting for that to come You just out. do yeah. anything really to get your excited. ass bare on screen. Right? I don't know why people really want to see that. <laughs> but it's, it's I can handle Lizzie Kaplan. It's good laughs every time they do. So, it is yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. So my thank question you. is, like a million people have seen that video. Yeah. Did you get any money for that from YouTube? No, that was uh, like because like was pro bono. They don't don't, <laughs> I don't like they sell send you money if you. I imagine do. that if I wanted to, yeah, I think if I I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I was just I hearing it. Know. Yeah. I, you know what? Really, really funny. You did it for the love of. The I audience. did it really for the. love. I wanted to give that to the people. <laughs> <laughs> then the people say thanks, you know Rob. People say I don't thanks. know if I would feel right charging money for that, to be honest. And I don't think I have the rights to the song anyway. Uh, sure, so sure. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Um, uh, it's so funny. Did you guys sh- uh, shoot that in Texas or where, uh, where, where, where's Kings of Country? Queens of Country? We shot Queens in Arizona. Um, and the way that sort of came out is there was a mashup that she wanted to do of another video that had been playing on the, on the internet or something, and. When we when she showed it to me, it she showed me we accidentally clicked on a version that had the keyboard cat playing it off, you know, which uh-huh. was the thing. Yeah. And I was like, Well, I'll be the cat and she was like, No well no, the cat's not actually part of it. That's something else. But then I had to go home early so I couldn't be a part of the thing. So I was like, I'll just record the cat and I'll send it to you and you can cut it in with the other thing. Um uh, and uh, I'm taking it. Funny. Got a very good score on Funny or Die. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know. This is. I just saw it's, it on YouTube. No, it's I mean. ridiculous. Oh, you know, it's not, but it's. You know what? I'm really. It's. I think. It's, it's my first directing credit. Is the cast <laughs> cast, so I think I'm really happy. I'm, you know, well, I'm that is very a sort of surprise. Yeah, yeah, very you. good. What, uh, Ma- Marty, I don't have a clock of beer. What time are we at? We're at one fifty. Oh, one fifty. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm going to ask just one last question. Then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, what are you up to now? Uh, What's up with Hollywood's Ron Livingston? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, just did uh, Game Change. That one's coming out. There's one called uh, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, oh. which is uh, a Disney movie, kind of a nice. Pinocchio thing, and I, I play somebody's like nasty boss. And your uh, wife's in that too, right? My wife is in that too. Do yeah, you guys have scenes right. together? We don't. I think there's oh. like a big... 
I don't know, soccer lunch or something where we're on opposite sides of the... Oh, one of those. Yeah, no, no. It was one of those where we uh, we, we had we shared a hotel room. I think they gave us the job because it <laughs> saved them the cost of a hotel room. Hey, whatever, <laughs> but we didn't whatever actually, it takes, man. Yeah, we didn't work together at all. Well, damn it, Ron. It's been good uh, catching up with you here. Yeah. And thanks for coming in. And Absolutely. Uh, we just had... We, you know, I know we said that we might just talk about bullshit events of the day, but it was actually just kind of fun going through your history so yeah. I hope you don't mind yeah thanks yeah. Um, and I know the fans will have enjoyed it so um, well look that's all for this week's Nooner we're going to cut it short because James has got to get his bo- man boarding ass <laughs> down to <laughs> down Boarding. Yeah, 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 yeah. man boarding is a whole different <laughs> website did I switch that's my, a whole different website <laughs> sorry about that alright board manning ass uh, down to San Diego as do I feel better dad and uh, look, we'll be at you on next Friday as we are at live Pacific noon. That's why we're called Nooner. And then we drop on iTunes and are live on the website uh, the following Tuesday. Look, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Marty, James, we'll see you next week. Thanks again, Ron. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheerio. When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nooner. It's Nooner with Dan and Marty. If you never had a noon, well, there's no sugar way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a nooner. It's a nooner with Marty and Dan. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.